Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to our humble abode, the Thunderdome, on this glorious week two of the NFL season kickoff Thursday, September 14, 2023. This program starts now. Football is happening this evening. The NFL kicks off its second week of action with the Vikings traveling to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. Injuries all across the board for both teams. Secondary in Philadelphia kind of banged up. Mm -hmm. Offensive line for the Minnesota Vikings banged up. Not a good time to have offensive line depth issues whenever you got the Philadelphia Eagles D-line coming for you. Now, does that mean the Philadelphia Eagles are going to outright win? We shall see. Six and a half point spread. They are favored. Over under 48 and a half. I think we're going to see a good game this evening. Yep. Now, last week the Philadelphia Eagles offense was not as good as the New England Patriots offense. Now, is that because they're taking on Bill Belichick, who had five months to prepare? Yep. Is that because they kind of stumbled out the gates? What will we see tonight out of Jalen and the boys? We shall see. And Kirk, can he survive? Ooh. Can Kirk Cousins survive tonight? Good question. Ooh. We got Jalen Carter, Why? Jordan Davis, right there, about a foot and a half away from him, whenever he's under center. There's two unicorns mm -hmm. right here from the same college that will basically feast, we assume, on any offensive lineman, let alone a backup center. So, a lot of gloom and doom in my eyes for a good friend of the program, Kirk Cousins, mm -hmm. but I'm sure they know that. Kevin O'Connell and the Minnesota Vikings know that they got a little bit of depth issue. If they can get the ball protected or get Kirk protected, I think he's going to be able to move it a little bit mm -hmm. against this particular secondary that is out two guys. So... That's Thursday Night Football. We got a big one today. Oh, we got Michael Lombardi joining us in about 17 minutes. What news did he break this week that just fell out of his mouth that he didn't even know was breaking news? We shall see. That's right. Mm -hmm. Also, last week he said, you know, I really like the Rams mm -hmm. going in Seattle. <laughs> Whoa. And I really like the Dolphins. Well, I'll be damned. Michael Lombardi is really hot right now. And whenever somebody's seen the field this way, whenever it comes to gambling, we must continue to listen. You know how they say, you never walk away from a heater? That's what Lombo's currently on. Yep. We need to recognize that. And once he gets cold, we will certainly allow him to find out that we're not happy about exactly. it. And we will get off of the Lombo horse. We'll talk to him. We'll also talk to Coach Nick Saban. Okay, here Ooh, we go. This here we is go. happening. This is happening. After an L. This is the first time this is this yeah. is happening. Yep. I thought for sure, because just like this show has done for the last six years, anytime we like market that something's happening or mm -hmm. a guest is coming on the show, something terrible always happens. You can look back. This isn't like a one-time thing, two-time thing. No. It's like 30 to 50 times where we've said, hey, <laughs> this is going to happen, and then somehow, some way, it does not happen. Mm -hmm. So we actually are a show that normally doesn't even market what's going to happen, the guests that are coming on, until day of because anything could happen. So when we make the announcement with Coach Saban in front of those Bama fans and they go crazy yeah. and then the internet blows up, we're like, okay, here we go. Then we watch them lose to Texas. We're like, oh, God. Uh-oh. No. Is Coach Saban going to say <laughs> It's because those doofuses. Yep. Yeah. There's a chance. And then he's going to say, I'm Maybe. not doing that. Did we agree to the deal? We did. Did we sign anything? All right. We did. All right. Is there, do I have to do it? No, we can cancel it anytime. All right. We're not doing it. Instead, he said, yeah, let's go ahead and keep this thing rolling. Excited to chat with Coach Saban in about an hour or so. Shiloh Sanders, the leading tackler for the Colorado Buffaloes, will join us in the third hour. Nice. And obviously, joining us all day, live here in the Thunderdome, for another season of this dude's brain on display. Ladies and gentlemen, a man who coached for like 100 years. He was the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts when I got to meet him. Former D coordinator at... Um, I believe the Bears, uh, mm -hmm. Ravens, yeah. uh, Browns. He's also at the U back when Why? the U was dancing. Ooh. Yeah, Paisano, Goodness. ladies and gentlemen, Coach Pagano's here. Yeah. 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 
Coach, it's great to see you. The Toxic Table's here at Boston Connor and at Ty Schmidt. A lot of earth tones out of you the last couple Whoa. of days. Yeah, yeah, you know, just trying to stick to the roots. I run think that's wild, kind baby. of, uh, yeah, run wild, stick to the roots. You know, let's get back into what we're doing. It's kind of weird still, I was saying this morning, being in this football rotation. Like, what's Thursday already? We're a week into this thing. we got another game. It's the greatest. It <laughs> is the greatest. That shirt's solid. Yeah. Maybe think of Lil Nas X. Oh, is yeah. that right? Yeah, one saw Chappelle last night. Yeah, is that why? Was. He was here in Indiana. Chappelle still has his fastball. Yeah, he still goes. With like what there been a seventeen thousand people in Gamebridge Arena last night, I do believe. Packed. All in there. No phones allowed. They put them in bags everywhere. Mm-hmm. The suite we we're sitting next to was the worst suite to ever get placed next to ever. There was this obnoxious <laughs> blonde lady who, for some reason, she felt as if she should be talking loud. She was in competition with Chappelle and talking. Basically. It was and the way it was set up, it was just echoing mm-hmm. through the entire suite level, pretty much. And we can't be the people that say like, hey, shut up. Like that's you're doing your life. But so there's like four to five jokes I missed completely. Yes. That I can't wait to see on the special at sure. some point mm-hmm. because this lady was talking to 10 different people in the suite right next to us. Mm-hmm. Don't know who they are. Didn't meet them. Didn't say anything. You have your night. Yeah. You have your night. You did ruin it. Sure. Just want to let you know. Mm-hmm. Suite 51. Yeah, that's there it is. You are the worst group of people to ever be in public alongside. Just would like that to be known. So missed four to five of them because I was hearing a whole story about this lady yeah. and whoever she was talking to at the time. But everything else, fastball. Yes. He's got a little Nas X piece in there mm-hmm. that as soon as I saw your little ponies on your chest. I'm like, did Dave Chappelle talking about Little Nas X make you think you're a real cowboy today? I'm yeah, like, get into it. I wish it, I wish it did, um, but to be honest with you, I missed the Little Nas X joke because of the fact that the people who were sitting next to us were actually genuinely the worst people I've of ever, all time. I've ever been around. I've never been that close to standing up and yelling during a show like, shut the f- 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 up, well, but that is exactly what I, we did. It. We weren't the only ones thinking that, but no. there, was, there was like... 53, other, 52 was pissed too. There was, yeah, there was, there was a bunch of them that were just not happy with these people, but they were living their own world, yeah. and they were doing their own thing, and... Um, I would like to say thank you to Joe, who mm-hmm. works for uh, Chappelle's team. Weapon. He's a fan of the program. Right. So he's the one that kind of got all the things set up. I got to meet Dave Chappelle last night. Pretty cool. Huh? I got to meet Dave Chappelle last night. Quick one of these. Hey, mm-hmm. how you doing? You're a legend. You're an icon. I told him about using uh, the Chappelle Show gif yep. of I plead to one, two, three, four, fifth. Mm-hmm. Whenever I learned that Brett Favre was suing me, and he said, Brett Favre sued you. And I was like... Made a couple jokes. They weren't as good as your jokes, obviously, but it had to be said. And then, so I don't know how Chappelle thinks that went with the meeting uh, between he and I, but that was one of the first times I've ever been like, kind of like, okay, like kind of like a little bit of, uh, like there was some, I don't want to say anxiety, but like, like butterflies. Energy. It was like a real thing. I'm like, yo, this dude's one of the most yeah. brilliant humans of all time. And then you watch his stand up bit and it's like, he will do some elementary stuff though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure. For him too. It's kind of awesome. He had that whole thing. Like some of these jokes are pretty dumb. But, you know, they're kind of for me is basically what it was. And and, and it kind of relates to this, how some things are just for us. Yeah, he legitimately said at one point in there, um, he said, sometimes I'll tell a joke and it'll be dead quiet. And he said, but five people will be losing their mind. And I think to myself... That's good enough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, said, he said, this one is one of those. And then he, we're talking, Rip. pro hop, mm-hmm. fastball, yeah. going to piss off so many people whenever it comes out. That's good comedy. Hey, hey, Chappelle team, thank you for last night. Thank you. It was a hell of an Chappelle. evening. We heard a little bit of it. You know, we didn't mm-hmm. get to hear all of it because obviously. Security? They I don't, don't know how. You can't get somebody like, hey, 
I, but it was their whole suite. This yeah. lady was holding a conversation with 20 people somehow. It was a party. And it was like, at a concert, okay. Sure. Because music kind of covers it up. But like when you're hearing somebody talk, you know, like when you're doing what they're doing, loud, like competing with them sound-wise, yes. mm -hmm. like, yeah, that could be... That could be a nightmare. Same thing as people that leave their grocery carts right in the yeah. middle Bingo. of Absolutely. the parking lot. Couldn't agree Absolutely. more. Didn't we learn about somebody one half of the hammer? Damn. Cowboys tone digs. Didn't we learn about somebody this week that said, I didn't know that leaving the the buggy out in the middle of the Ooh. parking lot was a problem? I, I learned that that Ooh. person had this problem many, many years ago. And we had we sat him down. We had a conversation with him. And I, and I, I hoped, I thought he changed his way. I, I did come back up this week about him, um, which that would be troubling if, if we talk to him about I think Tone doesn't know who we're talking about right now. Yeah, you do know who he we're does. Yeah, he does. we're talking about. Well, lo and behold, Boston Connor's a guy that doesn't take the grocery cart hold back on. to the, the corral. Hold, hold on. Yeah, yeah, hold yeah, on. Yeah, was, lo and was, behold, was, worst human on earth. Was. Everybody just kind of agrees that that person should not be in our society. Scumbag. That's, that's just like a unified thing. That suite next to us needs to know everybody on earth thinks you guys are scumbags for what no. you did last night. Just like you at the grocery store. <laughs> just like I was, okay? I had a friend, okay? And he worked at a grocery store. He said, I love going around and picking up the other carts because it gives me time to smoke okay. a couple cigarettes. <laughs> oh, my now, friend! Go on That's, phone. This is like when I'm all racist, huh? Yeah. I have a friend that, yeah, I have a friend that collects grocery carts. Told me to leave them all over the place. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. That holds up. I bet you that holds sure. up. It does. Hey, we can get him on the phone right now if you want. Well, he's a part of the problem if he's saying that because we all hate those people. Well, so. he's, do, he's, he's the one collecting them. And look, I, I've changed my way. Sweet 51, I just can't. I'm In my mind, I'm there again listening to this uh, lady. Yeah. She... You can't do it. And then laughs would come, you know, because it's Chappelle. Sure. Mm -hmm. So she thought that was like an applause break. So then she gets even louder. Mm -hmm. Ha ha! Then somebody's breaking down joke to her. Okay? So for the first minute 30 of the next thing, we're still getting it broken Reliving down. Reliving what you just heard. At the height mm -hmm. of laughs, yep. sound, because that's when our conversation started. She was Boy. sitting front row facing completely backwards, right? Oh, yeah. Talking? Yes. Yeah, that's she was horrible. hosting. She was horrible. hosting. Yeah. Phone time. alarms were going off, too. And all the phones yeah. were in those bags. That's rule number one. So their, their suite had alarms set on their phones in those bags that you can't get unlocked unless you go to a certain oh, place God. in the suite. Yeah. So, you know, that, oh, that yeah. alarm mm -hmm. going oh, yeah. off in this thing next. Worst humans... I've ever seen in an arena. And there's been a lot of things that have happened in an arena. Malice at the Palace happened in yeah. there. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of things that have happened in an arena. These humans were the least liked human beings in any arena. And I would like to say, very noble of us not to tell them how big of scumbags they were. Yeah. Okay. It took a lot of mm -hmm. self control. It honestly. did. Yeah. There was a lot of, I had, I had to stand up at one point because I was just getting like so upset. Yeah. I'm like, yo, this cannot happen. They were oblivious completely to it. So I, I kind of have respect for it. Sure. Like they were just kind of in their own living room, mm -hmm. in this thing, ruining the night for a lot of people. But even through, Chappelle cut through and killed it. Yeah. There you go. And, and people might think we were sitting right next to them. We were on the opposite side of the suite and we could still hear them. So we weren't even the ones taking the. Suite was very expensive. Yes. Yeah. It, Chappelle. It was a wonderful. Yeah, don't doubt suite. it. And when we found out that Chappelle was coming, like it was one of the only things that was left in the building. We're at the top here. Mm -hmm. Where we, it yeah. was, he Second sold this place out. He hasn't been here in 10 years, I think he said at the beginning. He was awesome. Hey, Dave, we appreciate your brain, pal. Love you, Dave. Lady, nobody, nobody 
Okay, I guess in that group they do. Mm -hmm. We don't need to hear your brain in public whenever there's a goat talking anymore. Hopefully that message will kind of bring through. She was terrible. It was so bad. We thought about trying to get the name of the company so that we could just cook them today on this particular show for what they did. But it's not our job. Sweet 51, though, if anybody in there hears this, yins are the worst. We hated you. Everybody hated you. But you can get better just like Connor did with the grocery cart. Yeah, you can. But never go to a comedy show again. Ever. Yeah, let's go to uh, let's go to tonight, Thursday Night Football. Mm-hmm. Week two kicking off. Chuck, I know that you have, obviously, friends all around the entire NFL. Whenever we start breaking down the injuries that are happening in this game, it is a real tale of the tape here. you got a center out for the Minnesota Vikings, starting center. And now you have Jalen Carter, Jordan Davis, the dogs on the outside coming to town with Kirk Cousins, who is certainly mobile because he works with those old folks yep, in a basement right. in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. But not necessarily the most agile guy. How do you see tonight's injuries affecting tonight's game, Chuck? And if you were the coach, what are you saying to your boys? Yeah, I'm not showing. Uh, I think his name is Schlotman. Okay, he's the backup center that's going to start tonight. He came in and did a decent job, you know, when he, when Bradbury went out last week. But uh, yeah, he's a fifth year guy. He's been in the system. He's been there. He's been with you know O'Connell for two years. So I'm. He knows the cadence. He knows Kirk. He knows all that kind of stuff, which can be a problem for a backup quarterback if if he doesn't know what's going on. Um, but he hasn't had Jordan Davis right on his nose. Well, they play an odd front in Philly. Sean decides a DC, so they can put him on there. Fletcher's probably going to yeah. play Cox. He Ooh. said he's got a rib, but I think he's back. Is that I can say that a rib got a rib or Coxie. You can say Cox. That's, that's his, his name. name. Yeah, his name. name. Fletcher, that's his name. Fletcher Cox. Chuck. Bingo. Yes, Chuck. Yeah. Chuck don't be ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, good Lord. You, that should Already? not be what you're an adult. You're a head football you're coach. You're an adult. You okay, should not so be thinking that. Fletch is going to play, and then you got Jalen. You come in, so they can put any of those guys you know, over the top of him, especially in pass situation. Yeah. We saw what Miles Garrett did, right, week one. Yeah. Standing over, yeah. doing the crossover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And believe it or not, a lot of Fletcher Cox talk last night from Chappelle. Mm-hmm. There was, a, there was hey, like an entire, he leads off with a Fletcher Cox conversation. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then there's a Fletcher Cox conversation about three quarters of the way through. Mm-hmm. A lot of Fletcher Cox talk in your eyes, I guess. We're talking football. <laughs> uh, but what, go ahead, Tone. Dude. No, no, I was just to add on to that. Like you guys, you mentioned the two Georgia dogs up front and Davis and Carter and then Fletcher Cox. But I mean, Brandon Grab, Graham had 10 plus sacks last year. Uh, Riddick. Hassan Hassan Reddick 15. had 15 sacks. Montez Sweat, I think, had mm-hmm. 10 plus sacks. Last yeah, they almost yeah. broke the record, right? They were yeah. going for the yeah. record yeah. last year yeah. of yep. sacks, and almost everybody's back except for Indomitian and Sue. And instead of Indomitian and Sue, now you got Jalen Carter, uh, the maybe the best football player to be drafted in the last like five, 10 years. That's what people are saying. That's right. Yeah. I'm just telling you what people are saying. Now, obviously, the whole draft process was an interesting one for Jalen Carter, but once he got into the league in that system, in that place, immediate impact. First week of training camp, they're like, yep, hey, this guy is different than everybody else. He's an adult. He's a grown man. He's powerful. He's agile. And he fits right in here. And now the Vikings have to stare that down with a backup at both center and tackle. Darisaw, he has an ankle. Yep. Yeah. And so he was out yesterday, short week. He's an offensive lineman. So, like, you think you never know. Could be a problem. Yeah, but, like, you don't know if he's going to play or not. Like, offensive lineman, he was – I think he was questionable or something like yep. that. And he is an absolute beast. And yeah. he's a guy that finishes blocks, and we've seen him all over this place. So he's a tough guy, we think. Thursday night game, though, starting tackle – 
Eagles defensive line. Are you sending them out there banged up? Who knows? But that's all. No left tackle, no center. Greatest D-line that there has yeah. been in a long Ooh. time. That smells like a nightmare for Kirk Cousins, but he has that little mental brain thing on. We saw that's a quarterback, right, yeah. and they're piecing it together. Kevin O'Connell knows, you would think. Yeah, and with Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison, their first-round pick, because the Eagles are missing, you know, blank and ship their starting safety, and, you know, Brad Berry, their starting other corner, that kind of helps that a little. But, boy, it's hard to see a team that lost 24-7 Last year against the Eagles, come back, you know, with a banged up offensive line, getting the job done. What did Mrs. Cousins say? She had to put her faith music on the last minute there. Yeah, her mm-hmm. worship music. Yep. Worship music. Mm-hmm. I like that. Made her feel good. It calmed her whenever she was out in Philadelphia because they were being rude. Yeah, yeah very rude. rude. They are rowdy. So you know who's in for Bradbury, right? Not to interrupt. Josh Job. You're talking about Eagles? Eagles secondary. You mentioned Blankenship's out, right? The Kobe Deem's not going to play. All right, so they Two got, Bradbury's out, spelled differently, yep. and also vastly and so different Kirk situation. Threw, right. Kirk threw three picks, or had two picks, right, or two fumbles and a pick in the first game. He threw three picks against these guys last year. Slay got two in a 24-7 loss, week two, 2022, last year. So I don't think they're going to drop back and, and go after Slay. Yeah. But you can bet Josh Job, if he's the guy that gets the start tonight, he's the guy that came in for Bradbury He's going to get some work. Mm-hmm. So I'd make sure that whoever plays safety, Justin Evans, um, whoever's going to come, Edmonds is back there at safety. It's no CJ from last year, no Epps from last year. So those are two new guys communicating in the back end for Philly. So if they can manage up front and not let that, those werewolves get to, get to Kirk, He's going to have some opportunities in the back end. Okay, so that would take a little time to develop, though, right? And I think the Eagles' defense is basically banking on that not taking place. Isn't that why Slay can kind of jump stuff? No, yeah, and I don't see Kirk going over there. At all. I see, you know, let's put 18. You see Kirk having enough time, though, to do offense? This defensive line is just like ridiculous. Well, they got to go in there. They only ran the ball. He was their leading rusher last year. He had two carries for 20 yards. Okay, they didn't give the ball to Cook. He he rushed six times last year. So you got to believe going in against that, that defensive front, that front seven, even though they're missing some guys, I'm handing the ball off to Madison, Alexander. I'm going to run the football. I'm going to do my boots, my stretch game, my boot game. I'm going to get Kirk out of that pocket, get him on the perimeter, do the little delay deal, get Hawkinson involved, right? But throw the quick screens. Get the ball in Justin's hand. Boy. But I'm not – That all sounds so good. Yeah. But they got to – Go through the line. Let's do it again. Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, Mm Jalen Carter, Jordan Davis. Sweat. Sweat. Reddick. Reddick. I mean, Nolan, Nolan yeah, Smith, they drafted in the first round, too, and he runs a 4 3 9. Right. Forgot about him. Yeah, yeah. Edge Rusher. And they brought him in. And then they got the uh, the veteran guy. Um, I can't remember his name. For, the offense of Philadelphia but, did not look but good. They right? got another veteran guy. But no. Vibe no, was. no. They did, not, they did not play very well. I will say the Patriots, uh, they lean on the run game. They could not run the football against the Eagles. Yeah, because so. it's not just they get the quarterback. These dudes are stout. Yeah, yeah hard Discipline to move. Discipline feels like as well. Go ahead. Fives wise, though, I heard this is really good for the Eagles that Dog the Bounty Hunter will be commemorated before the game for catching the murdering escapee. I love that. He's going to be wearing <laughs> an Eagles jersey. He's going to pump the crowd up. So I mean, We yeah. said this yesterday. If Dog and Leland are getting on this, rest in peace yeah. to Beth, mm-hmm. old buddy's going to be in jail in no time. And what happened? Boom. Five Boom. minutes after Boom. Dog the Bounty Hunter said I'm in there, another dog found old cuz out exactly. in the perimeter. Dog, told dog him. went into his body. Bloodhound. Get the bloodhound out. Dog told him what dog to use. I think it was a... Uh, 
It's not Shep- German. It's not a German one. It's another one they've been the using. American Shepherd? Shepherd. Named Yoda. No, no. It look, it's like a bul- Bulgarian, Bulgarian Shepherd. It was, a good, it was a good dog. Whatever it is. It's the new that cream of the crop okay. of the... It's, it looks like a German Shepherd, but it's not a German Shepherd. It's from somewhere else. Named Yoda, four-year-old, is the one who found this killer that was on the loose that literally just moonwalked up the brick walls yep. to get the hell out of prison. This guy down here is going to get questioned, I think, a pretty good amount. Mm-hmm. He said, I'm just staying his son. I don't know anything. I'm not looking out for anybody. Mm-hmm. It's a Belgian Malinois. Okay, yeah. Those are, I think, the new dogs Those or whatever. Dogs. Those dogs are all, yeah. The Yeah, look at that thing. Oh, a little yeah. skinnier what? head. Yep. A little skinnier head. The only reason why I know this is um, I was kicking balls on a field here in Indianapolis, and uh, cops were I called for me being on this field. I think because sure. it was like a private school or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, canine dog shows up, or canine officer is the yeah. closest in the area. So he shows up. And he starts walking his dog out, and I'm like, all right, I don't know how this is going to go. And then the guy, a big fan, mm-hmm. nice. very nice, knew who I was. I was a big fan of his as well. We got into a 45-minute conversation about this dog because he threw something for this dog to go get in this thing like a cheetah. Yeah. And then jump. I'm like, damn, I didn't know German Shepherds could do that. Well, it's not. It's actually a Belgian Malinois. Yeah, excuse me. Have a little <laughs> bit of respect or whatever. But, yeah, Dog the Bounty Hunter made yeah. the call for Yoda the dog to go get there. A dog called a dog to go get this killer, and then they took a picture. You know, with them, uh, the 30 state police, border yep. patrol, and military folks. It was tough to see him because they were all in camouflage. Right. Oh. But they had him right there in the middle in a Philadelphia Eagles hoodie yep. that we assume he stole from some house Probably. that he broke into. And Jeezy has a song back in the day, uh, Grind State, where, you know, basically all the drug dealers uh, in the history of the world talk about how when cops catch them, like, they're going to pose with that shit. Like, mm-hmm. that is so. There was a 100% chance that those cops oh, yeah. were going to be taking a picture uh-huh. with a guy that had been raining terror yeah. over Philadelphia for the last two weeks. They were shutting down schools. People were scared to go to restaurants. They were buying toilet paper as if it was COVID again because people were scared to go in public mm. in that area because this Brazilian killer yeah. was still on the loose. He's got a gun. Yeah, they were exactly. Saying. This they- guy survived on watermelon for two weeks. Just out in the woods. Just that's what they said. This guy survived on watermelon. I think ate his own poop as well. Wow. So you know this guy. He, he's not. He was not trying to go back. Yeah. And those cops were like, we caught. Well, Yoda caught him, but right. yeah. we were here. Got him. So congrats, everybody. Thank yeah. you, Yoda. Good work. And also, let's remember that guy killed a human. Yeah. Okay? Mm-hmm. So bad guy. Not hero. No. Yeah. Not, <laughs> we not gotta, at all. Not we got to remember that. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes people get a little. They start fantasizing. Oh, sure. this guy's awesome. And believe me, we certainly talked about him. Moonwalking up out of there. Great move. What a f- very impressive Absolutely. exit from a prison. You know? yeah. And I guess he went through some razor wire too yeah. as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no idea oh, how he Chris angeled his way through there. Certainly some impressive scumbag, though. This yeah. is a terrible sure. human, and we got to remember that. But he had a good two weeks. He did. Yeah, it was good two weeks. He had a good two weeks. He we, said, where's that poop that I'm eating? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, He's not getting watermelon in the clink. You kidding me? No way. No chance. <laughs> that poop, too. Watermelon yeah. poop. Yeah, not so bad. Good. He hasn't Jeez. experienced that in so long. Exactly. Joining us now is a man who was a general manager for an NFL team, <laughs> a consultant for an NFL team. He's an author, a newsletter uh, writer, a podcast host, a live show host, and friend of the program. He said, bet on the Rams and bet on the Dolphins last week. I took the opposite on both. I was wrong. He was right. This guy's on a heater. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Lombardi. Yeah. Lombo. Hello there. How are we doing? Hey, I know you live over there, Jersey Shore. Were you ever worried that that guy that moonwalked up out of the prison was going to make it to the house and maybe uh, ruffle some feathers with the Lombos? 
Oh, he had everybody here. He had everybody in complete. Everybody was panicked about him around this local area. I mean, you know, the guy was out on vacation for 14 days. I don't know how the hell he did it. It was all over the news. And, you know, they couldn't find him. They had him surrounded. Then he broke into houses. He's stealing clothes. Yeah, we were all nervous. I mean, we were locking the doors. And with this little sleepy town I live in, you never lock the doors. But this one had us. I mean, that guy was out there. You know, thank God for that dog, Yoda. I mean, Thank God, tracked them down. It was big news. I mean, they broke in the local news when they captured him at eight thirty. I heard my wife screaming, "They got him!" You know, so everybody was happy. Nice. You know, the boardwalk felt safe again. Hey, sleep a little easier. You know, now <laughs> knowing that the fourteen day vacation is over, and obviously, you guys now forever where you live will lock your doors every single day, just yep. like all your neighbors. Let's not make a target out of the Lombos uh, neighborhood. Yeah, uh, let's dive in. You picked the Rams and Dolphins last week. Obviously, yeah, they it worked out. Why did you have so much belief in what we saw out of the Rams? And do you think this will continue for the foreseeable future with the Los Angeles Rams? I think a lot of things we don't talk about enough in betting and handicapping games is what they talk about. What we used to talk about in the league quite a bit was the coaching matchups, right? And when you look at Shane Waldron against Raheem Morris, the defensive coordinator of the Rams, Raheem Morris, and Shane Waldron, the offensive coordinator up there, who was in Los Angeles, uh, Morris had always had his number. I mean, 11 of Geno Smith threw 11 interceptions last year. Five of them went to the Rams because they understand it. You know, it's a game where if you have a feel for the coordinator, if it's a game where you understand what the coordinator's doing, no matter where the talent discrepancy might lie, you have a chance to close that gap. And I felt like I didn't think the Rams would win. I thought the Seattle could win, but I thought the Rams would keep it close. They kept both games close last year. I, I just felt like Miami – was going to play well. Look, the Chargers defensively, for all the conversation and everybody talks about how good they are, I just feel like they rush past the quarterback. And, you know, Bosa's great, and so is Khalil Mack. But to stop Tua, you can't – you have to pressure him in front. You have to get into the paint. And you have to make it a game to where it's not a seven-on-seven game. And if you stand in front of Tua, you got a chance. But if you let him set his feet and step up in the pocket – it's over. He's gonna. He's got. He's got the best receiver in all of football, and he could run by everybody. So for me, you know, you give him a free release. I mean, here it is. The guy gets a free release. He runs in the across the middle, and you know, next thing you know, it's twenty yards. And then he throws it up the field again. Same different look. The guy's great. And so if you don't get in front of him, look at if you circle Tua right there. There's nobody in front of him. Yeah. And, and also, the only way you can stop quarterbacks, I don't care what – if you ask Peyton Manning, if you ask any great quarterback, coverage doesn't bother him. What bothers him are people in their face. And if you don't get anybody in their face, he's going to have a hell of a day. Miami having that type of protection without Teron Armstead was certainly a sign of hope for the entire Fins Up community, the Dolph fam. The Finn fam. Mm-hmm. Talk mountain residents. The, the, yeah, bingo. Yep. Mm-hmm. The, yep. the mountain, obviously, of people watching other people do things yeah. and saying stuff. Yeah, do you think that's uh, sustainable here? Do we, we believe in them being the powerhouse of the AFC right now with Josh Allen not playing, playing great, Joe Burrow not playing great. The Patriots obviously outperformed the Eagles offense somehow but end up losing that particular game. Chiefs lose to the Lions, although they get Chris Jones and Travis Kelsey back. How do you feel about the AFC or the Miami Dolphins, the king of the hill right now, even though we didn't really chat about it much in the offseason? 
Well, they gave away a lot of points. I mean, they ran the ball. Vic tried to play two high safeties, and the Chargers ran the ball up and down the field. They had great opportunity to win the game. They get the ball back. All they need is a field goal to win it, and they can't get it down the field. Herbert takes a really bad intentional grounding. I, I think people will play Miami differently than what the Chargers did. You know, New England's held Miami to 20 points over two games. One of them was with Bridgewater. Uh, Hills had 19 targets in the two games against New England, averages 12 yards a catch, scored one touchdown. They'll do their best to take him out of the game. They'll make it a more physical game. Philadelphia, that was the first time on Sunday that the Eagles offense, it, you have to go back 27 games, Pat, where they were not as effective in offensively. They only gained 251 yards. It was back in Tampa week six of the 21 season that they had less yards. So that was a really good defensive performance. But if you're a Patriot fan, the front of the Patriots did a tremendous job against a very good Eagle offensive line. They pushed them around a little bit, and they, and they got to hurt. I, I was a, a really impressed with Jalen Hurt because he did not try to oh boy. to hurt himself. He took care of himself. He went down when he had to get down, and I think that was smart. And the Eagles were fortunate to win that game. That The tape doesn't really tell you the Eagles won. But they did. And that defense of Philly tonight, now tonight, they don't have Dean, the linebacker. He's on IR. They don't have Bradbury, and they don't have Reed Blankenship. Now, Blankenship became the green dot player after Dean got hurt. Now, that's a problem. Why? Because you've got a new defense coordinator, and you've got a new green dot player, and that guy's got to make all the checks. It's going to be hard for them defensively tonight. Okay, so let's talk about tonight's game with uh, Philadelphia and being difficult defensive-wise. Minnesota Vikings are out their starting center and probably their left tackle. I know we're worried about the secondary of Philadelphia. This defensive line, though, should feast tonight, shouldn't they? I mean, this is a setup for a Thursday night, almost defensive line dominating performance. Well, but last week, the New England started two rookie guards, both fourth-round picks in there. And the guards struggled late in the game, but they held their own. I mean, Mac Jones had time to throw the football, and then they started Calvin Anderson at right tackle, who's not who's been in the league a while, but he has not been a full-time starter. And Hassan Riddick really didn't show up in the game. They, they did a nice job on him. They chipped him. They doubled him. They didn't let him beat him. Uh, Minnesota's going to be challenged up front. I mean, Tampa did a nice job, but they gained 273 yards passing in the first half, Pat, against Tampa. Yeah. I mean, they should have been a lead against them, and they and they kind of stumbled, bumbled around, and let it go. Now, now let's talk coaching matchup. Brian Flores is going to see what Belichick did against Philly. He's going to try to duplicate a little bit of that. But his front isn't as good as New England, so that'll be a little bit of a problem. I expect Philly to be able to move the ball, too. This could be a game where – you know, both teams effectively move the ball and score in the 20s. Okay, Brian Flores, new D.C. for the Minnesota Vikings, by the way. You remember him in Miami Dolphins as the head coach, but people forget before that he was an incredible defensive coordinator for the Patriots up there, and they went to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm-hmm. Everybody loved him. Yep. Now he's running the Vikings defense. Now Baker Mayfield had a heck of a, heck of a oh, weekend, yeah. mm-hmm. so you're going to have to figure some things out. Who do you like tonight? You like I, you think good game tonight. It sounds like you're leaning Vikings. I think though. it'll be – I'm hoping for a good game. That line is moving too right that line is some there's some shops that has six i think it's moving the eagle injury situation is really tough so is minnesota short week we know cousins doesn't play great on on the uh national television games but he's got an opportunity against the secondary that he should be able to take advantage of he still has justin jefferson he still has addison he's got hawkinson at tight end they should move the ball madison the running back's got to do a better job in blitz protection that's going to be the key first play of the game they blitz second play of the game they blitzed them and and, and 
They did exactly what you have to do to Cousins, hit him early in the game, and they did that. And I think that gets them off kilter a little bit. I think it'll be a high-scoring game. I think Philly comes back. I, I don't, wouldn't have a play on this because I hate playing Thursday nights with all the injuries and the and the and the and the uh, lack of certainty in terms of who's healthy and who's not. Okay, I appreciate that, especially with how hot you are right yeah. now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't feel forced to make a pick. Well, <laughs> yeah, I, well, I, I got some. If you want some, I, I I've gone through my notes this week. I like some games. I think to me, this is an interesting board this week because, again, I approach it from the same way I approached it when I was in the league. You know, the matchups. Let's go Tennessee, the Chargers. Last year, they played that game out in Los Angeles. It's a 14 to 10 game. Chargers got to score 10 points in the fourth quarter. Tannehill threw one interception. Malik Willis had to come in and out of the game. Tannehill kept getting hurt. They didn't have Jeffrey Simmons. I think this will be a different game. I would take Tennessee in the three points here. Uh, I know everybody thinks the Chargers are going to bounce back. I would take Tennessee in the three here because I think Tennessee's they held New Orleans to 16 points. They played de- they played well on defense. And Offensively, Tannehill can't play any worse. Well, and, and also they, and they're hey, going to be able to run the ball. Hey, Lombo, with that Tennessee team, and obviously we were just chatting about it and. Coach Pagano here joining us every Thursday loves like the officiating stuff. You know what I mean? He's like very invested and interested in that whole thing. And we started looking into this past weekend's like kind of discrepancy. Tennessee, I mean, they kind of got, they kind of got screwed. They kind of got screwed with uh, Derek Carr, certain fumble, ball comes out. I don't know. Yeah. Well, you're two, you're talking to two ex Raiders. We we live in the world of getting screwed. We, you, know, <laughs> you know, you know, you're talking to two ex Raiders. We're trained. We are trained to make sure that we do. I every week, just so you know, Pat, I find out what game Scott Novak's officiating, and I stay away from that uh, game. Like I'm not touching that game. Scott like Novak. Scott Novak this week, he is on. He'll be on your national TV set. He'll be doing New Orleans, Carolina. I'm out. I promise you the over under five minutes into the game, he'll call a penalty. I'm done. I'm not, I I would not recommend that game to anybody, but you got to do it. We lived in that world, Pat. I mean, you kidding me that when the tuck happened, when the tuck happened and I got it. And I, I mean, I, all I heard about was Art McAnally and how he's been after the Raiders, his whole career from the immaculate reception to the tuck. Well, that was a catch, obviously. Yeah. It, it was in the airport in Pittsburgh. It was certainly mm-hmm. a catch. We know that. We've seen all the tapes. They slowed it down. What a great grab, too. Just like Julian Edelman right there yep. in the Super Bowl. A little Bowl. different. But, yeah. Yeah, no, the first one time. Yeah, it was well, the first I, one. You know, well, Edelman, the ball never actually made contact with the ground. They neither did that. What are you talking about? There's, there's yeah. freeze frames. One I'm was, not saying it's not a catch. I'm one just was saying. luck and one was skill. But if you think about Bingo. it, let's just get this back to the, the kind of the conversation here. Tennessee Titans should be 1-0. Yeah, like that's how the Tennessee Titans feel, and we had no conversations about them this offseason in the AFC South and AFC conversation, nothing at all. I think we see a good Tennessee or a good Tennessee team. Chargers, though, if they were playing against anybody else but the Dolphins in that Week One, if you look at how some teams performed, most teams performed, they're one to zero as well. They got to be feeling good going into that one. I like the fact you like Tennessee. Who else do we like this weekend, Lombo? You know, I always go back to it again. I think Denver, Sean Payton's had success against Jack Del Rio. Two years ago with with uh, with uh, Jameis Winston playing quarterback, he put up 380 yards. They moved the ball against the Washington front in New Orleans. Uh, and he didn't have Drew Brees. He had Camaro, and Camaro was the leading receiver and the leading rusher in the game. But I think Sean <laughs> understands how to attack Del Rio. I think he understands how to handle it. And I worry about Sam Howell playing in the altitude with the crowd noise as a rookie, he kind of was off to a shaky start. Now, 
you know, Eric Bieniemy has an opportunity here because he's played against Denver. Vance Joseph, remember last year in the opening game, Kansas City opened against Arizona. That was Vance Joseph's defense. But he's not going to be able to take that game plan with him to this game. It's going to have to be a little different. And I would suspect that Denver would be would be problematic for Washington to move the football. I would lay the points here and take Denver. I, I think Denver will will be and this is a big game for Russell Wilson. Let me just say that. They they've got to play better. Jerry Judy may play in the game. He practiced yesterday in a, in a bigger role. I think that's going to help them. You can't have 37 attempts and throw for 177 yards. You just can't do that. You can't do that and win games in the NFL. And I think Russell needs to get the ball down the field. Will Lutz hurt him last year, missed the extra point, missed the long field goal. they got to do better in that area. But I, I think Sean knows how to attack Del Rio. Okay, so we got the Denver Broncos and Tennessee Titans as this week's Paisano picks from Lombo. He's 2-0 and on the season. <laughs> Let's yeah. remember that. Uh-huh. And we're going to stay hot this weekend. We appreciate Maybe that. Ty Schmidt has a question for you about a young quarterback. Yeah, Lombo, when you look at the Falcons last week, granted they played against Bryce Young and the uh, Panthers, who, you know, his first start and everything. A lot of people in the Falcons building, I think, really believe in Desmond Ritter. And then you look on the internet and kind of all the experts saying like, hey, this guy, he, he's just not the guy. He's not going to be able to lead them to the playoffs this year. What was your takeaway watching him play in week one? And also, what do you think about that matchup this week? I think the Packers opened as the favorites, and that line is kind of flipped now, and, and the Falcons are. Uh, how do you see that playing out? Well, I think Desmond Ritter tries to play the game too carefully. You know, he's scared to put the ball in the tight windows. I don't think he trusts his accuracy. He was 15 for 18 last week for like 120 yards. You're not beating anybody throwing for that 18 attempts. And so, I, but I think he's really scared. And when you watch the last four games of last year, he was really, he didn't want to throw it into any conflict. He wanted to protect the football as best he could. And when you do that, you don't make any plays. You've got to be able to throw the ball into tight windows to win. And I don't think he trusts his accuracy. And Arthur Smith does an incredible job of game planning the run. Walker, the linebacker for the Packers, may not play. He's in concussion protocol. Oh, that could no. be a real issue. That could be an issue. I, I think that could be. But I think Green Bay did a really good – I thought what Matt LaFleur did last week was he decided to run an offense that fits his quarterback, right? <laughs> he, he, there's no more Aaron Rodgers offense because he's not there. And he featured Aaron Jones. A.J. Dillon didn't have a great game, but they tried to get him the ball. Jones is with a hamstring, too. I don't think Watson's going to play – but I think Dobbs Dobbs played last week. I like Green Bay's defense, but the one the one thing that would prevent me from talking about this one is I worry about Green Bay's run defense at times. They they have a hard time, and I think Arthur Smith does a great job of scheming that run. I think that's going to be an issue. And plus, you know, you got to go on the road and play in a dome. That's never easy for a young quarterback. Bijan's a real deal, yeah. feels yeah. like. And the Falcons knew that with the game that they were playing. They knew Bijan was a real deal. Have to get a dub. They're one to know. You're talking about Arthur Smith's run game. The way he sets up the leverage and the blocking and the holes, it is perfect for Bijan to do his thing. I don't even yeah. think we got a big dose of the Joker, Cordero Patterson, just oh, yeah. yet. Once that gets added in, I think they're off to a great start. And I think they feel yeah. very comfortable. 
going against the Packers. But what a little litmus test here, yeah, litmus for sure. test here for Jordan Love early. Going to be a tough game. Excited to see how he handles it. Uh, Connor has a question for you about the New York Jets. Are they going back in time in the future? What's the right decision? Go ahead. Yeah, Lombo, as a Patriots fan, obviously, you kind of saw this coming with the Jets. Something always goes wrong. It's just inevitable. They are <laughs> cursed. And, you know, I, I feel terrible about it. But that is just kind of how the cookie crumbles. Uh, how do you feel about the Zach Wilson decision? Do you think that's real, first of all? Are they actually going to go with him for the entire year, no matter what? And where do you think they look to? I saw Brissett. There was a report that they had internal conversations about possibly acquiring Jacoby Brissett. Some people have thrown out uh, Andy Dalton as a possible suitor to go up there. What do you think is going to happen up there, and how do you think the rest of the season goes for them? I think, you know, I think they have to take the approach. They got to do the best they can with Zach Wilson. I, I, I related to that. There's a scene in the movie Apollo 13 when those astronauts are stuck up in space and the scientists bring in this giant box and they throw it on the table and they say, we got to take this, make it into that using nothing but this. And they got to make Zach Wilson better. They've got to run an offense that fits Zach Wilson. They're going to have to maximize everything they can in their defense and their special teams like they did on Monday night. The season's not hopeless for them. They're good on defense. They can win the kicking game. They just can't let Zach Wilson go out there and beat them. They can't throw it 30 times. They can't get behind in games. There's a formula for them to keep winning. I'm not saying they're going to win a Super Bowl, but there's a formula for them to keep winning, and they have to play to that formula. They've got to be conservative a little bit, not to let Zach Wilson beat them. And he's got to show that he's willing to be prepared for the game, be conscientious. But there's no savior out there. They're not going to bring somebody in who's going to make them better. If there was quarterbacks out there, these teams wouldn't be so desperate for quarterbacks. They've got to make it. they got to do the old Stephen Stills thing. they got to love the one you're with. Now, it's not going to be perfect, but that's where Nathaniel Hackett and Robert Sala, that's where they come in. They've got to redefine the identity of their offense. They, got, they know where their strengths are. They've got great receivers. The offensive line isn't great. But they and they got a good running, but they got two really good running backs. This is their chance. This is their job. There's a formula to win the game. Bill Parcells used to say this all the time. His his high school coach Mickey Corcoran used to tell him, "There's a way to win every game. You just got to figure it out." And that's the challenge for the Jets. They can win, but they got to figure it out. If you can't be with the one you love, honey, love, love the, the one, one you're with. Pat, what you a song. <laughs> what an absolute song. And that's a real situation because that storyline about Aaron Rodgers all offseason, yeah. it was like, hey, the Jets love this guy. Oh, yeah. yeah. He loves this guy. Then all of a sudden, four plays in, it's like, well, love the one you're with. <laughs> yeah, I got to make that decision quickly. It's a whole new. The thing that I didn't fully understand about like veteran quarterback getting brought in there was like, Okay, so this veteran quarterback's got to come in and learn Nathaniel Hackett's offense completely. Learn in the middle of a season that's taking place. And then what's the deal yeah. look like? What if they have success? you got Aaron coming back next year, yeah. seemingly from his Instagram post. Yeah. Right. Seemingly he's coming back from, uh, from this Achilles in, uh, injury at the age of 39. It's like, you bring in a vet, best case scenario, they have success. Then what? Then what? Then what, then what is the city? You have to go with Zach Wilson. That's a great Great song to kind of link up those two, which is something your big brain does. Paisano, Coach Pagano, former Raider with you, has a question. Yes. Hey, Lombo. Good to see you, man. Congratulations yep. on, on the book as well. Hell yeah, Lombo. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Hey, so I saw your comments, and I felt uh, you know the same way. Watching that Chargers game uh, against Tua and the Dolphins <laughs> and Tyreek, you know, you go back to last year, right? They won that game 23-17. to 17. 
and you saw the defensive plan. They held Tua, I think, to a season low as far as pass yards. Tyreek had one play. The corner, 43, fell down on him. And so I'm going to ask you as a former uh, GM, like you're Tom Telesco, right? And you've got this unbelievable quarterback. You've got these aliens on offense this, that you can score points, right? What kind of conversation? Would you have one at this point? What kind of conversation? Would you go into, into Brandon and say, look, because it was a head-scratcher, like play all that man coverage when he played a bunch of like disguised Tampa last year, jam reroute, let the rush get home, your point about rushing the middle of the pocket, not letting him step up. What's the conversation you'd have if there is one? You know, the only way I would say this to him, I'd say, Brendan, I'm not second guessing. I'm first guess. I'm not first guessing. I'm second guessing. I'm not second guessing. I'm telling you this from the start. We have to play to our strengths, and we've got to be able to make the other team play left-handed. We're not good enough to go out there and swing toe to toe. Nobody is. And if we if we don't use our intelligence to make us the other team play left-handed, if we lost to Miami, and somebody else beat us then I'm okay with it. But if we go to the game saying we can't let Tyreek Hill beat us and he beats us, that's on us. That's not on the players. We, we didn't do our justice to the players. This is a big Al Davis thing. Like, did we give our players a chance to really be the best they could be? And I think to me that that was heartened when I watched that game because, you know, the guy's getting a free release. Nobody's taking steam off him. He's the fastest human on the planet. I mean, he's got super speed. He's got incredible hands. And then what I would also say is if we have all these rushers and we're paying our two ice players are Bosa and Mac, we got to rush inside. We got to figure out a way to where we're, we're, we're creating problems indoors. I think if you're Tom Teleski, you got to have that conversation because sometimes you know, as coaches and us as executives, we have this conflict between us. Well, it's the player's fault. No, we got to reduce it down. Was it players, coaches, or scheme? Let's sit in this meeting and figure it out. Do we not have enough good players? Is it the coaching or the scheme? If you tell me we don't have enough good players, then we need to adjust the scheme. That's classic. But that's what we have to do. That's classic, like uh, grocery shopping. You want me to cook, but I can't pick my ingredients to cook thing between the coaches and the general manager. Because when a team that has high expectations, normally that would mean that the team on paper, really good. So GM, front office that put the team together, great. If they underperform, a lot of eyes just go straight to, well, these coaches must be a bunch of doofuses. Yep. Is, at what point do you have to have the real conversation? Like, hey, Hot seat is here. Like, mm-hmm. do you have that? How do, is it all in how you word it? Do you not think about that when you're talking to a coach? You have to like kind of keep it light because everybody outside the building is already throwing enough arrows. How does that relationship go, and how quickly can it turn? Well, it can turn because if the coach thinks you're second guessing them, if the coach thinks you're against them, and if the coach thinks that you're blaming him for not having success, and the players are better than they are. You know, that's the one thing Chuck and I experienced in, in in Oakland is we all knew we needed better players. So we were always unified, right? We were always trying to work the scheme. They were the coaches. I mean, we're trying to take Travian Smith and turn him into a, an all-pro player. We knew that wasn't going to happen. There was no disagreement there. It's when you have that disagreement. <laughs> you know, when you have this disagreement of players, you the, the personnel guy thinks the players are better than they are. I've I've come from the point where look I'll be the first to admit to you we're not good enough, but we also need to be smart. We need to have strategy. We can't let the best player in receiver in football beat us. And if you we can't handle this conversation, then none of us are going to be very good. Because you tell me if we screw up a draft pick, why can't I tell you this is the wrong thing to do? And you have to have that open dialogue. 
I, uh, you know, I, I will say this. Chuck will tell you this, too. If that would have been a road game, Staley wouldn't have got on the Raider plane. Jesus. That's awesome to no. think about. Oh, yeah. uh, no, no, no. Chuck? He could try to fake asleep like we all did when Al got on the plane. They say, hey, fake it. When he yeah. gets on, fake asleep. No, he would have made it home. <laughs> hey, Michael, do you know what the players that I've coached in the past, if I asked them to go play press man with no help over the top of me on Tyreek, I would have got – they would have thrown helmets at me, cussed me out. He would have been like, oh, oh, what in the F? What do, what do you – I can't good. cover this dude. They would have said to you, Chuck, have you watched this guy on tape? He's, I can't cover that guy. You no, know, they would have done that. I mean, look, you could have you could have pretended you were asleep on that plane flying home, but I promise you, you would have got the finger right into your chest and you would have had a bit Wake of attention. Hey, yeah. When they told and me you that. Would have been, and, and when you were done, and when you were done, you were going to need about eight showers. Hey, when they told me that, right, they said, hey, when you get on, chat, and he gets on, because you don't want to – no eye contact, and you don't want to have a conversation with the dude, especially after a bad game. So I'm like, yeah, this, there's no way, right? So they're first class. I'm in that row right behind first class. He walks on the plane. Everybody's like chattering this, that, and the other. And then next thing it's like a adults. <laughs> yeah. These yeah. are NFL coaches. Everybody sleep. These are adults. <laughs> These are adults doing that. What a hilarious scene. That's the highest level, and, baby. And, and I had to sit next to him and I had to take it. And I had to sit oh, there and you. listen and take it. And if I told him the wrong answer, he would, he could have hide, I would have been like D.B. Cooper. He'd have thrown me right out of the plane. Still out there, allegedly. We yeah. appreciate the hell out of you. Like Tennessee and Denver, mm-hmm. thank you for the insight. Yes. Thank you for the time, ladies and gentlemen. Michael Lombardi. Thank yeah, you. Lombo. All right, let's talk about some other stories going on. Aaron Rodgers posted on his Instagram yeah. a heartfelt message to family, friends, and fans about the road ahead. Thank you to every person that has reached out, called, texted, DM'd, right. through a friend etc it has meant a ton to me and i'll try and get back to all of you soon no chance just want to let no way (laughs) let you know there's no chance Uh, i understand what he's saying i appreciate this message though i do believe is probably sure like uh (laughs) yeah thanks this is reaching out and i'm not saying this as judging him i'm saying this as judging me as a person who has gotten a litany of texts a couple different occasions from people saying very nice things and it is you literally have to be up until 7 a.m because it starts a conversation Mm -hmm. so i'm just assuming that he will not be getting back (laughs) to everybody i mean he's completely heartbroken and moving through all the emotions, but deeply touched and humbled by the support and love. Please keep me in your thoughts and prayers as I begin the healing process today. Thank you forever. Love you. Exactly. If we'll read emojis. The night is darkest before the dawn, and I shall rise yet again like the dark night. Right? That's a Batman. Yeah, yep. Proud of my guys. Want to know. Hashtag backwards jet. So (laughs) whenever we're talking about a guy coming back, that's what a message would sound like. For sure. So there were some question yeah. marks on whether or not a 39-year-old man who already has a Hall of Fame resume, is already wealthy, is has the capability to literally go on and do whatever he wants. Did he think that this was maybe a sign from the universe? Like, yep, should have just stayed in Green Bay. Whenever they told you it was over, you were going into the darkness, 80-20 anyways. Go ahead and get done. People were talking like that. Mm-hmm. People were saying it was going to be tough for a 40-year-old man to come back. That narrative was getting a lot of traction. Well, why would he? Why would he want to come back at this age with everything he's done? And then the humans that know him pretty closely, and I'm not saying I'm one of those people, but whenever you talk to those people, those people all say, you think, you think, you think like the most competitive human that you've ever met, uh, that just so happens to also be a hippie, is going to go out like 
<laughs> like that. You, th- you think everything that happened in New York leading up to that debut, yeah. the movie that was being written in yes. real time mm-hmm. at the Knicks games, in the Rangers games, in the Broadway shows, in the entire city saying, Aaron, we love you. And then the September 11th yeah. American oh, flag jog and the place go crazy and Hard Knocks being basically yeah. a showcase of this entire story. You think he that's... You think four plays is how that whole thing mm. is going to There's no way. A.J. got on and said, uh, yeah, he's playing football again. For yeah. sure. I would think he's playing football again. That message said the same thing. You read it exactly how I did, Ty? Yeah, absolutely. I think maybe if this would have happened week eight or nine, then maybe it's like, okay, he's already taken eight or nine weeks worth of hits, and then you know, on top of that, who knows when he's going to get back. Are they going to be in playoff contention? Guy didn't even get to complete a pass as a Jet. There's just no way. There's no way he's going to end things like this. Especially now, if he would have had a bunch of success in Green Bay last year and they would have made the playoffs and made a deep playoff run, then maybe that changes things a little bit. But he, I mean, just look at everything that we've seen so far leading into the season. Like, he knows he has more to give, and this is just a nightmare scenario. There's no way one of the greatest players ever is going to let this be the lasting image people remember him by. We brought it up when we were talking about Zach Wilson and moving forward, but that was a real conundrum, I assume, for the New York Jets franchise whenever they're thinking about bringing in a veteran and then they talk to some of these veterans and they're like well if they're willing to play now if it goes well with the team that we have it's very young which was obviously one of the reasons why Aaron was like yeah that team looks like a team I'd like to go to top three defense Mm -hmm. the weapons are there the market is there the fans are yearning for a dub so that's always a good place to go and win so if it does go well what do we do with the veteran what happens with the veteran quarterback next and then does Aaron what happens and then Zach, what ha- like there's so much going yeah. into a, a decision that they have to make currently. I think Aaron projecting that he is, you know, seemingly yeah. mm-hmm. Old coming back. Yeah. I think that's good news for the Jets organization as a whole as well with the decisions they're going to have to make going forward because I don't want to, I think they're going to make the playoffs still. I've said that. I think this Jets team is. So good. I bought in to Zach Wilson becoming a little bit better NFL quarterback Mm -hmm. from the couple months that he got a chance to watch Aaron behind the scenes do his thing because I think on-field will change for Zach Wilson when off-field changes for Zach Wilson, when he has a little bit more of a relationship with people on the defensive side of the ball. So whenever he's asked a question like, do you think you let them down? He doesn't just say something stupid because he's not just talking to about friends. He's only talking about football in the locker room, watching Aaron operate and hang out with Sauce and be on the defensive side. I think that's going to make Zach Wilson a better quarterback. Now, does that mean I think that he's going to be an elite quarterback this year? No, but I think he will be better than what he has shown in the past, and I think they're going to have success, but I don't think they're going to win a Super Bowl. Not going to be able to do it. So if you're GM, and you're like, all right, we have Aaron Rodgers next year, and we know what's happening, Mm -hmm. you can start kind of forecasting, thinking what you want to do, what we need to do, and then a whole nother year of a honeymoon phase is happening yeah. with Aaron and the Jets. So the story almost gets even better because it's been built up for 365 days. Good news is what I read in that Instagram post. Well, and everybody, too, on that team, they also aren't getting this experience this year. So if there's ever a motivation to come back, like yeah. it is it, with this team. I, I doubt anybody wants to leave after this year no matter what happens because they didn't get the full experience what the offseason was. And even on defense, I think it was Al Woods, and it might have been Quentin Williams, it might have been uh, Clemens. They were talking, I think it was in the first or second episode of Hard Knocks, like, 
Whatever you hear about Rodgers is a lie because he is the absolute man. And that's two D-tackles talking about Aaron Rodgers. So I assume every single player on that team, they're not punting on this year at all. Obviously, they're still going to play their asses off. But I, there's got to be something in the back of their mind like, hey, next year when Aaron comes back, we all got to be here because we got to see what actually happens. And we've kind of seen that Joe Douglas uh, and the organization will, will go, go all in this season. They did it with weapons. Guess what they're going to do offseason? There's going to be a lot of new offensive linemen probably on that team. Yeah. Uh, we would assume yeah. some dollars. Yeah. Are going to be spent on some big boys. Yeah. If we and had Aaron's to guess. see that, and he's going to be. I agree with Tyler. Like week eight, nine, and if it would have went twelve year, or twelve month recovery, and it would have came back week eight, nine next year, that's a whole different story. This was. I mean, he's going to be ready for the beginning of next season. Like that's, that's huge for as far as his thought process goes. I assume. You talk about Aaron Rodgers coming into your building. Obviously, it lifts everybody up. How do you handle a devastating play for oh. at, and then still know that there's hope? Like Salah, there was a lot of. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Great screenshots. And then, all right. And you know what he's doing. He's, you know later, what he's Salah. doing the, yeah. that whole time? Uh-oh. He's trying to figure out in his own mind, what the hell am I going to say to these <laughs> yes, guys? Yes, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like, that is a no. lot for him to have to figure out. What's the messaging? Because he's got to get these guys to believe now. It's just the reason why we're believing yeah. for the entire offseason is because we have a guy named Aaron Rodgers here. Yes. Now, Aaron Rodgers is not here. Hey, we still got a good enough team. We just beat the Buffalo Bills. I guess that is probably what he's saying. That's what he's leaning on. Uh, you have to. You remember when I walked in and we lost all the quarterbacks, right? Yeah. We signed Lindley and Freeman yeah. on a Tuesday, and yeah. I told everybody to say, Don't so, watch practice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so, what Chuck said. So he walked in and did the same thing and said, Hey, Zach's our guy. This is his team. We got a lot of faith in him. That's hard to do. Yeah, I agree. The messaging is the thing, but those shots of him just standing on the sideline. Man. Son of, uh, I should have done things a little differently. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Joining us live from an attic in Ohio is a man who is a college football national champion, a Super Bowl champion, the all-time leading tackler for the Green Bay Packers, a multiple-time COVID survivor, Whoa. father of 10, ladies and gentlemen, the president of Ohio, A.J. Hall. A.J., how you doing, pal? Doing great. Good to see uh, Chuck back in studio. It's been a while. Yeah, he looks good, too. He looks fit. He was actually biking across Italy last week. Yeah. yeah. Right? Isn't that accurate? Accurate. Sienna. Um, unbelievable. So you became this Peloton addict, right? Yeah, five years ago, and I haven't got off it since. Which has now led to you actually taking the bike on the road through Italy last year, yeah. last week. Yeah, it was amazing. Love it. Yeah, six days over there, a lot of rolling. It was an ass kicker, though. I mean, yeah. it was it was tough. Were you over there? Did you ride by uh, the boats in Venice when Kanye was on the boat? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Were you there? Did you take a left? Did you look yeah. left and say, oh, there's somebody doing oh, a geez. voice? Yeah. It's, that's Kanye. Is that oh, what the hell is going on is over that a, there? There's some cheeks. Hey, what's cheeks going on? Oh, that's not just cheeks. Kanye fucking. Whoa, 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 on the other side. He was actually at the hotel we were staying at. Really? What? Same time? Same day. Why didn't you go talk? Did you go talk? To no, him? no, no. You just got on your bike. He was all the hoodie was Bagged up. up. Man. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Fashion. was it Kanye? Oh, that's the other question people. Th- were it asking. was all right. Well, the I was with some people that 
on this trip that that knew him and said, yes, yeah. that's him. Oh, okay, yeah. I like that. You're the, this guy's rolling around with high rollers. <laughs> uh, speaking of people that are high rollers, Dave Chappelle leads with a Chuck Berry conversation. Just want to let you know that. Yep. Really? <laughs> the greatest guitar player ever to live. He's telling jokes about him? Yeah, not about his guitar playing, though. No, no. About what you introduced to my life. That is... Oh, he definitely invented some moves on stage as a guitar player, yes, that many people still imitate to this day. No, no. The way, the no. reason why you're saying all these things is because your favorite thing that Chuck Berry did was a homemade video mm -hmm. that you forced me to watch, and I do believe Chappelle was in a similar situation. Yep. His take on it, buddy, <laughs> worth good. a watch. So good. That's like 15, 20 minutes right off of Jump Street. It was incredible, AJ. You know, Chappelle, uh, uh, Dave is a Ohio guy. You know, mm -hmm. lives uh -huh. in Ohio, was doing those shows in the field out there. We need to go see him more. What a gift. Huh, that brain? So oh good. My God. He had 17,000 people, except for the suite right next to us. So 16,980 people. <laughs> okay. okay, they had him. Uh -huh. He had him just completely locked in, in an arena in 2023. People had to put their phones into a locked bag, couldn't get to him. And all people were doing is just at the same exact moment, doing all the same things. Laughing hysterically, then dead quiet, taking the ride. Oh, we feel good for this person. Clap. Nice. And then all of a sudden, boom, <laughs> just right at the end of it. It was a work of art, that guy. But you should be proud of uh, Ohio and your favorite Chuck Berry acting movie is in there both times. So be excited for the next special. We got the Vikings and the Eagles playing tonight, AJ. Early lead for you, our lean for you, before we dive into it all? I mean, early lean for me has to be Eagles. I know there, there's been some injuries around here. and I, even, even without any injuries, I still feel good about where the Eagles are right now. We have a pretty good week two slate here around the NFL that yeah. this game will be kicking off, obviously, on prime on Thursday night football. There's games across the league that I think we're going to get really jacked up. Oh, yeah. You know, Ravens, Bengals, it's like, here we go. Yeah. Okay? Neither of these teams played that well. Both teams are in the conversation to be the kings of the AFC. Who are they? What are they? Tough team for Joe Burrow to have to bounce back against. Yes. Like, that is not an easy defense for anybody to kind of do their thing, let alone Joe Burrow, who was missing practice for like a month, wasn't really in the game much. Then he dro gets dropped into a Cleveland Browns game in bad elements and performs poorly. Him and T. Higgins couldn't connect at all. He missed him a couple times. But we know Joe Burrow's the guy. Well, he bounced back against the Ravens. That AFC North has a lot of question marks all of a sudden, Tone. Yeah, the, uh, the Bengals, who normally play bad against the Browns, opposite against the Ravens, they normally play good against the Ravens. Ravens, so I would expect. I mean, it's Joe Burrow, but also they play the the, bank, or the Ravens well normally. So I'd expect about somebody yesterday. Uh, I forget who it was said. Oh, AQ said we have a new offensive coordinator in Baltimore mm -hmm. in Monken, mm -hmm. but they're running the same plays that they were running before. I wonder why are they trying to ease into this new offense with Lamar? AJ, what are you? What do you think? I don't know. I mean, if you have a new OC, usually they bring in their stuff. I know every place is different, but. Uh... I don't know, maybe it'll expand as the season goes. Also, AQ said that on a run play where the hole was 10 yards wide, maybe Monken's smart enough to use some of the stuff that's been working for them in the run game for the past five years and say, oh, let's keep that Or one. maybe he went to Lamar and said, hey, what plays sure. do yeah. you like from like, yeah. this old offense that we can bring in there? Because obviously they're fully invested in Lamar Jackson. That's obviously one game we're excited about. Another one, hey, don't get scared or alarmed. The Dolphins and the Patriots. Yeah. 
Kind of a sneaky, massive oh, yeah. game for the yeah. AFC as a whole on Sunday night football. You're nervous as hell. I can sense oh, it. Yeah. You're, you're kind of sweating through that brown, earth tone pony shirt today, knowing that the Hawk Boys from down there in South Beach, mm-hmm. Tyreek and Tua are coming to town. Yeah, very, very nervous. I mean, you had the game last week against the Eagles, and that was one that, you know, as a Patriots fan, realistically looking at it, you didn't expect not only to win, but not even to be really remotely in it. So that was a definitely a win, but Miami's completely different. They're not a, you know, read option quarterback running, doing everything. They, they can do it all. And, you know, Chuck has already mentioned it. Lombardi's already mentioned it. They have the best weapon wide receiver in the league. The one saving grace that I have is that looking at how Bill has performed against Tyreek Hill with both the Chiefs and the Dolphins, that there is still that chance where he schemes something up and he's had time to think about it, obviously. The the worry is Bill's actually never beaten Tua. Tua is undefeated against Bill Belichick. I think he might be one of, if not the only quarterback who is undefeated against Bill Belichick, aside from Brady. Maybe you could throw that in there. But, yeah, we'll see. It's going to be a, it's going to be a great game. Yeah, the thing about Tua is he's not just undefeated against Bill Belichick. He's also been undefeated against the media. Here's him being asked about his deep ball uh, operation. And Tua has got to a point where he's sticking up for himself. Shout out to Oos yeah, with this yeah. particular answer. I don't care. I, I mean, I don't care. <laughs> four sixty six is that's what four sixty six is. If I can't throw deep, thanks. Say you're four zero against the Patriots. People are questioning him, AJ. He's sick of it. He's sick and tired of it. Oh, I'm fat. Okay, I'll fight you. That's what he <laughs> yep, said he to Ryan Clark. He can't. He said he started laughing. Hey, people are saying you don't have a deep ball. Okay. All right, we just threw for 466 yards. I'm on pace for 7,922 yards this season. So uh, we're just going to continue. I like that he's feeling himself. And this all kind of revolves around what Jeff Darlington told us the other day, that the first day McDaniel had the job down there, he cut up 700 plays Mm -hmm. of Tua doing awesome things and let him know how happy and pumped he is to be his coach and lift him up. It feels like it's working, AJ. Oh, yeah. I think, too, though, when a quarterback like this kind of gets attacked over and over again a little bit, which I guess you could say, too, it does through the media. It also, I think, helps his teammates out. His teammates sit there and want to fight for him and say, our guy's not getting the credit he deserves. So this kind of trickles throughout the whole locker room, I think. Yeah, and I love that that team, you know, not just front runners. No, no, no. no. Right? No. Not just front runners. They actually have been through it. Yeah, they, and they've been through a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They've been built on, you know, marble mm-hmm. as opposed to sand. It feels like they've been through adversity. This offseason, we thought there was a chance it was crumbling. Too many personalities, too many distractions down in Miami, too many opportunities not to be great down there. They had a one year run. People started saying with the negative news that was kind of e- yeah. like leaking out of Miami. And then all of a sudden, first game, they're tested. Yes. They got to answer. We got to answer. They continue to answer, and he put up record numbers. McDaniel has put in a culture down there that although is different than every other seemingly coaching strategy, what a good coach. What a good ball club they're running down there. He's so relatable, and he can relate to everybody. He can communicate to everybody. I think he, he holds people accountable, but he's built a culture where those guys love to play for him. He's absolutely a, 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 just a mastermind when it comes to developing an offensive game plan. And Tua, think about Tua. What are they pissed about? What does he get all the heat for? He can't stay healthy, right? Yeah, well, it wasn't like when he was on the field last year, who had a better quarterback rating? Nobody. Than Tua. 105. He never the gets talked about. No. Never Ever. get no, never get they just want to talk about the negative. And and Vic's defense is going to keep getting better. Yeah, they what happened? Why'd they stink? What was that all about? I thought well, he was. Justin gonna... Herbert's pretty good. Okay. <laughs> Mike Williams pretty good. Okay. Keenan Allen's pretty good. Quentin Johnson, the rookie, he's pretty good. Nelson Eckler, last time I looked. So you got all those weapons. You're going to try to play too high. 
you're going to try to stop the run with a light box. And most people don't. Randy Reed, he don't want to run the ball. They don't have the patience to run the ball. Well, well, they did, and that's what that's what hurt them, you know. And and so, yeah, that defense is going to keep getting better. They're going to keep you know communicating better, learning from the last game, and so. Vic Paisano, good coach, huh? Yeah, very good. Very, very good. They're saying that Think was about the, the like last the drive. pickup of the yeah. season. Yeah. yeah, they didn't really pressure him a whole lot. But you look at the last drive when Herbert had to go down the field to get a field goal. To, they were up by they won by two, right? Mm-hmm. So field goal beats their ass, right? So he they get the intentional grounding. Okay, then he runs a, a pressure and then he pressures again. So right, the timing was absolutely perfect. He brought a nickel. He had the whole defensive line over to the left side. The center turn, it was a four-man slide. Oh, you think, you think he started seeing he, the field well there whenever he had to? You think Vic Fangio, good call at the right time? It just doesn't happen by chance. Yeah, okay. so, all right, you all know right. I mean? You just can't like, okay, look, let's try. He's going to be good, though, regardless. Like, that's how good coaches are. Like, if they're doing their thing and they got the right pieces. Jalen Ramsey's not even in there right now, which yeah. is a big signing for them this offseason, a big move for them this offseason. I mean, Jalen Phillips, did you watch him rush the passer? Man. Bit of an athlete. Oh. Opposite of Chubb. Lanky. That guy, that guy's mm-hmm. going to – and that Javon Holland in the back end as a safety going into year three is, is an absolute – I mean – yeah, they got they got dudes. When they get Ramsey back and and Christian Wilkins, he's playing with a massive chip on on his shoulder. Yeah, I would say he's playing for a bag as is, yes, he is. Chris Jones, who's back at practice for the Kansas City Chiefs. Ooh. Chris Jones, Travis Kelsey, big hug. Huh? I practiced yesterday because remember Travis Kelsey was on his New Heights podcast <laughs> alongside his brother, who has a docu series out on Amazon right now. Yeah, Kelsey. It's just one uh, movie. It's an hour forty five. It is. So- so good, and Travis is a big part of it. Okay, so Travis actually said on the New Heights pod with Jason Kelsey, he said, uh, Chris Jones, you're scaring me, bud. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like you could see that Travis Kelsey had a lot of admiration for Chris Jones. And then at practice yesterday, we're back, huh? Team's back. Hell yeah. Obviously, Chris Jones gave an answer yesterday that was fantastic whenever he said, in the middle of this entire negotiation situation, me, Andy Reid, and Brett Veach were on a group text message, and this took place. I think you as reporters and fans kind of misscrew the contract thing. Uh, it's never personal. I don't think I start hating Coach Reed or I start disliking Veach. I always I love Veach. You know that he knows I love him. We had on and off conversation throughout it all. Um, Coach Reed, I love him too. Me and him still calling Tets. We actually got a group Tets. <laughs> Veach said that um, I retweeted. Um, a picture where it was like Chris Jones after season, Chris Jones off season, where I was big with no neck. <laughs> and we actually had a little joke about that through the midst of this. So I don't think our relationship was affected. You can see how it could maybe get personal whenever you're asking for a raise and your bosses say no. But it sounds like through it all, they were in contact, which leads us to believe that whenever Andy Reid said, I'm just worried about the people that are here and moving on, Andy Reid wasn't meaning to send any shade. It was just a matter of fact with Chris understanding the situation, Andy understanding the situation, and Veach understanding the situation. I'm happy they get a deal done. But if you're a Chiefs fan, thank God. Defensive player of the year doesn't look like he looked in the offseason. He is slender and yoked. And now he's still chasing a bat. Right, he's still chasing a bag right now. He's seventy million deep already. Whenever it comes to money, but he's trying to prove something instead of legacy. Good for the Chiefs after a week one loss to the brand new Lions. AJ, yeah, I would say. Don't you think it's uh, pretty beneficial to have a highly motivated Chris Jones back on your squad? I mean, that guy—he's an absolute game wrecker. I'm sure Chuck could talk about what it's like when uh, when you have a guy like that that can disrupt everything from the middle too. So. 
I think he's going to have a big impact on his first week back. Yeah, I think so, too. Can't wait to see the Chiefs. Speaking of can't wait, I can't wait for what we're about to do right now. Ladies and gentlemen, there's a man who is a seven-time national champion, a man that is still in his profession in which he is the GOAT of. We're getting a chance to witness greatness in this season. We're going to get a chance to chat with him every single week. Ladies and gentlemen, the greatest college football coach of all time, Coach Nick Saban. Coach, how you doing? I'm great. How are you guys doing today? Okay. Pumped up, jacked up. I woke up this morning. I said, listen, we have a chance to chat with somebody who's the greatest in the history of time in their particular field. That type of stuff gets me excited. So we appreciate you. Yeah. Yeah. You need to know that. We appreciate the hell out of you, coach. I appreciate y'all having me. Okay, let's dive into this. Whenever this was announced last week on Friday, whenever you came on our show, that you were going to join us every single week, there was obviously a lot of people that were excited to hear you talk in a different fashion throughout an entire college football season. Then I saw a contingency of people that were saying, oh, this means Nick Saban's done. He's retiring soon. If he's willing to do something like this, it's got to be the end is near. Then I talked to people that are close to you, and they say, like, Coach Saban will never be near the end because what Coach Saban loves to do is lead and gel and mold a team. So although people think he's going to be done, when push comes to shove, Coach Nick Saban is always going to have to coach to basically survive. Do you view it that way? And do you hear all the chatter about your future? I assume you have to. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of laughable. But, you know, I, I guess I would ask you, you know, when's the first time you heard that I was going to retire? That started about five years ago. Uh, and I think, you know, it creates some advantages for people, maybe whether it's in recruiting or whatever it might be. But uh, I love what I'm doing. I'm focused on the challenge. You know, I've always said I don't want to ride the program down. I don't want to do this if I can't do it anymore. But uh, I feel great right now. I love it. We got lots of challenges this season. I'm looking forward to it. And we're all in. That's great to hear, Coach. Go ahead, AJ. Coach, we were uh, we were in the stadium in Tuscaloosa uh, for your last game. Obviously, it didn't turn out the way you would have liked, but that atmosphere, everything about it was was off the charts. It's my first time being there, so I, I really uh, – I don't know. It was, it's a special yeah, place. Tuscaloosa. It really is. Yeah, yeah. Love it. But I wanted to ask about your players. Even though yeah, you guys didn't get the win, what kind of experience does that give some of your players that may not have some big-time experience like that? Yeah, I, I think that it's really, really important to all the players – uh, because, A, there's two things that can happen to you. You know, you can focus on the outcome or you can focus on the systems that we're going to get the outcome that you need to get. And you got to be in the right emotional place to be able to do that. I think at times um, maybe we weren't. Uh, maybe we were focused on the outcome. Maybe we played with a little too much anxiety. Uh, and I think attention to detail and, you know, playing to the standard and understanding how you get to that by focusing on the details of what you have to do play in and play out would would actually help us because we made some mistakes in the game that were very, very costly. So after that game, what is your messaging directly to the team? Is it that, or do you have like a motto each week for the team? Like how do you get them out of that, but also realize that we can't have this happen again? Like what is your messaging immediately afterwards? Well, you know, first of all, you never want to waste a failing. Uh, adversity, you know, can break some people. Adversity can make some people great. It just depends on how you deal with it. And uh, I think 
We don't want our players to waste a failing. We want them to learn from the experience that they had so they have an opportunity to improve and get better. And we always have kind of a 24-hour rule around here. If we win 24 hours, we've got to start all over and focus on the next opponent. If we lose, we learn from the mistakes that we made. We focus on the next opponent and try to get better. So uh, that's kind of how we try to manage it. It's a privilege to play here. Uh, it's a privilege to be a coach here. Uh, and uh, I think there's an expectation that goes with all that. But I think we have to embrace that challenge and everybody should embrace it and be committed to doing the things they need to do to improve and get better. I was told that after a win, you know, Coach Saban, a little bit more, you know, a little bit more, you know, reading a press clip, this ain't happening. <laughs> you know, we, after a loss, a little bit different, a little softer. Do you feel that's real? No, I think that's probably right. I think that um, you know that people are going to be affected by external factors. So regardless of how much we talk about, you know, the standard comes internally, motivation comes externally, we still are all affected by what happens externally. So uh, if everybody's hearing how great they are, sometimes you need to get on them a little bit to make sure that they're not going down that road. And sometimes when they're getting criticized a lot, you know, you need to, to, to pat them on the butt. You know, there's a time when you got to pat them on the butt. There's a time when you got to kick them in the butt. And there's a time when you just got to not say anything. And knowing how to do that and when to do it's probably pretty important. Well, yes. And that's why you, uh, by the way, are, you know, put the goat head on. Oh, yeah. That is why I think that's a big part of coaching is finding the right time to deliver the right message to Milrow. What is your messaging to him? I mean, I think, like, he's a guy, whenever there's a lot of people saying a lot of things. I assume in Alabama, we're not down there, although we enjoyed our time in Tuscaloosa. We're not there day to day. I assume it's loud there about the starting quarterback at Alabama, especially following Bryce Young, who's considered maybe the most talented of all time. What's your messaging to your quarterback, and how do you feel like he's going to respond or bounce back? Well, I, I think that the quarterback position – probably always gets a little too much credit when things go well. And they probably also get a little bit too much criticism when things don't go well. That kind of, that's sort of the nature of the, of, of the beast. And everybody needs to understand that. But um, I, I think the quarterback position is like every other position. You know, if you want security in your position, you have to play well. And that that's what every position on our team and every player on our team should that should be their mindset. So what do you have to do to correct the things you didn't do well and uh, give yourself a better chance to create value for yourself in terms of how you play, but also that's going to benefit the team. And I think one thing about the quarterback position is you got to be the point guard. You know, you're the point guard, guard first. You're going to distribute the ball, you know, each and every play. And you're not the shooting guard. So you, you don't have to worry about making plays or forcing plays. You have to worry about distributing the ball to the right guy and not turning it over. So if there was one thing that we would evaluate by the offense last week, and this is not just about the quarterback, this is a whole offense, because if the people around you don't play well, quarterback may be the most difficult position in ball to play in any kind of ball. Uh, so we got to get the people around the quarterback to play better. And um, we can't have so many drive stoppers. You know, you, you ha we had six penalties on offense. Two of them negated touchdowns. All right, so that's six mm. things. All right, we had two turnovers. That's eight. Uh, we had one drop ball. That's nine. And we had 
five sacks. So that's like 14 or 15, what I call drive stopping type plays. So the entire group and, and one guy was not responsible for all those things. So the entire group needs to function more effectively on a more consistent basis because we can't have all those drive stoppers. Coach, you just listed off all those things. I was just taking myself back to the sideline. And I remember thinking like, oh, the football gods seem to be yeah. on Texas's side. Do you ever think about that? Does it feel <laughs> like, hey, the ball's bouncing a certain way tonight? I think you make the ball bounce the way you want it to bounce. <laughs> oh, you create your own luck. But but you you, you got to do the right things so that the ball does bounce in your direction. And I think that's probably um, a better way to look at it if you're in a competitive circumstance and a competitive situation like we are. Well, I'll tell you what, I should have done that. My career probably would have went better. I was just thinking the football gods were turning that football over when I punted it, not me. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Just let the gods take care of it. Tone has a question for you, Coach. Coach, obviously, as a coach, uh, a loss is a, uh, is, a, is a loss. But for big picture, does a non-conference loss mean less? You could still win the SEC West. You could still win the SEC Championship. And if you win the SEC Championship, we all know you're going to the college football playoff and you can still win a national championship. So does, does a non-conference loss mean less? And is that kind of how you sell that to your team going forward? Yeah, I think, you know, I told our team before we ever played the game that this is a test, uh, but this is like the first test of the semester. You're going to play a really good team early in the season. Uh, so it's not the final. It's not the final exam. It's, it's the midterm. And uh, how did you do in the midterm? What's your grade point average now? What do you got to do to get your grade point average up? Uh, so that you get the kind of result that you want. And that's the way that we should look at this. But uh, I think that we need to fix a lot of things internally in terms of how we're performing, and that's our focus. Uh, and if that happens, then we have a chance to be a really good team. A lot of time to grow and get better for everybody because I think there's going to be a lot of losses this year. seems like a lot of teams have gotten exponentially better. Go ahead, AJ. I'm curious what you may have have learned from from Coach Sarkeesian when he was on your staff. Obviously, what he learned from you. You, when you have as much success as you have had, you have so many coaches that go on and coach at other places. Is it any different coaching those guys? And do you have notes from two, three years ago? Like, how does that work when you're coaching against those guys? Well, I think what I've learned is I don't take notes on myself. <laughs> <laughs> those guys take notes. <laughs> yep. So all those notes and say, well, what gives them problems? <laughs> and then most of the things that give us problems, which we saw. <laughs> um, so that's good. I mean, I think that's good coaching on their part. It's good development for them and their future. And they're ready to take advantage of an opportunity when it comes. But, you know, I've always said Sark is one of the best coaches we've ever had, you know, the opportunity to work with uh, on our staff and, uh, he's certainly done a really good job at, at Texas. And, you know, I, I think that Texas has a really good team. I felt that when we were going in the game to play. I think we have a really good team as well. But they have experienced quarterback. They've got really good skill guys on offense. Uh, they've got great balance. Uh, they're very well coached. And their defense is playing better. So th this is a really, really good team. And I think the season will bear that out.
Yeah, they're big too, coach. You know, like I think that's a big deal. Not a lot of teams can match up with a lot of, you know, you or the Georgias or anybody else like that. They're big. They seem to be built the part. So let's say Texas goes on to have a lot of success, which we all believe is going to happen. Who knows how the ranking system work or, uh, will work out? Are you watching that? Do you have somebody on your staff that like gives you a heads up on what's going on in all of college football? How do you kind of manage that while also being the head coach of Alabama? No, I really don't. I, I sort of, I'm maybe one dimensional when it comes to play one game at a time, play one play at a time, uh, get your team ready for the next game, uh, focus on all the things that you need to do to, to get ready because there's a lot of circumstances and situations that, you know, come up in games that you try to prepare your, your players for third down, red area, short yardage, goal line, two point plays. I mean, two minute. I mean, there's all kinds of things that take a significant amount of preparation and time. And I've always tried to stay focused on the things that I can control. And I try to control what we do in our organization here. Um, I'm probably a little bit naive sometimes when it comes to what's happening outside. Um, I don't listen a lot to the rat poison, yes. good or bad, and um, try to stay focused on you know, what's in front of me and what, what I actually have an opportunity to control. Okay, so this question is hilarious to follow that question then. <laughs> We're going to 12 teams for the college football playoff. Obviously, after this season, with all the change that's also taking place in college football, do you think about that in the off season? Have you had any thoughts about that? And how does it all kind of get managed from your end? I assume the people that are making decisions, and there's some – buckets of life where the people that are making decisions are doofuses. We understand that. Mm -hmm. But we would assume in college football, the, yeah, they, you know, we all know. The, we would assume the people that are in charge of college football playoff would want to hear what the greatest college football coach of all time thinks about the pending changes. Have you thought about that going into the season as being the last year with the four college football playoff spots and everything like that, and then all the transition that's taken place? Have you got a chance to think about that, or is it all ball? No, I, I, I think about that. I think about it in the off season, you know, a lot when these changes and transitions are being made. And, you know, we've completely in the last five, six years, you know, totally changed the, the whole tradition and all the things that make college football what it's always been. And, I, and I'm not saying that's a good or bad thing, but I, it is a big change. Uh, at one time, bowl games were the biggest thing in the world. Um, I mean, we went to the Sugar Bowl when I was at LSU in like 2001 or whatever, and it was like the biggest thing that ever happened. And we played in the Sugar Bowl last year, and it was like, you know, who's going to play in the game? How many guys want to play in the game? So we changed that dynamic dramatically. I think the playoffs had a lot to do with that, which is great for the fans. It does give us a better opportunity to find out who the best teams are. Uh, but when you go to a 12-team playoff, you're going to sort of minimize the importance of bowl games even further, yeah. uh, which I think we've already done that to a large degree. So that's probably okay. Uh, I do think that um, the the whole conference realignments uh, are changing the whole traditions of you know rivalries and college football and regional type games. So, and that's one thing that we've done in the SEC is even though we've expanded, we still have the same geographic footprint, which I think is probably good for fans as well. But so there's a lot of different ways to look at it, uh, but it is what it is. 
and you have to be able to adapt to it and adjust. And my only concern about the 12-team playoffs is how many games is a player in college going to play? Like if you play 12, an SEC championship game, and you got to play three or four playoff games, you know, that that can get to be, you know, quite a long season uh, for these young guys. And um, they're still going to college to get an education, uh, and that's got to be, you know, part of the – and we shouldn't change that. So, but, um, you know, it is what it is, is all I can say. And my focus is on how do we adapt to it so that we can be competitive in whatever the environment that's presented to us uh, actually is. I think a lot of people are also worried about it minimizing the regular season because my first thought about this being like next year, you lose the Texas week too. It's like all good still. You know what I mean? There's 12 spots out there. We can still kind of make it happen. Hopefully, we won't continue to lose the things that make college football so special. I've had a chance to experience it the last, like, year and a half now, like, fully baptized in a college football. What a sport. Hey, what a sport. It is beautiful. It is magical. We're lucky to be a part of it, and we're thankful that you'll be joining us every week. Have a great weekend. Good luck against USF. All right, thanks. I appreciate you guys. Have a good day. Hey, I see your fans are eating gators out there. You see that? People uh-huh. are eating gators, you know what I mean? Do you see that? Hey, took you up. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Coach Nick Saban. Hey, Coach! <laughs> great chat with him, man. Yeah. yeah. So I'm excited for this entire year. Yeah. Like, literally, as we roll into hey. the season here, because we talk about that new uh, playoff alignment and playoff setup. Like, it would help in Alabama this year. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, it would help with teams that maybe stumble out the gates, don't know who they are yet. A lot of new pieces, new mm-hmm. quarterback, new weapons, new this, new that. But then by midway through the season, it's like, hey, this team's a wagon, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are we talking about who's the best now? Or are we talking about who was the best throughout this entire season? I like it that we're opening it up. The whole thought about the extra games for the players, did not even think about it. I'm a bad guy. Not at all. Did not even think about go. it. Yeah. Hey, go, you get to play in those games. Not like, hey, you're going to be playing like – Five NFL seasons, pretty much, if you're counting adding in these years somehow that guys are playing six years in college. Then you got NFL season. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, and even last year when you think about, you know, what Bama went through, they lost two games by a combined three points. One of them was the game-winner kick from Tennessee. The other Mm -hmm. was a two-point conversion in LSU. Like, I think someone did, like, the if this was the 12-team playoff, what would it be? It would have been Alabama against Tennessee in the first round. Like That type of environment and game would have been unbelievable in the college football playoff. I enjoy the fact that we've gotten to experience college football the Mm -hmm. way we have. College game day has just been hilarious. Cannot wait to get to Boulder tomorrow. Absolutely. Cannot wait to get to Boulder tomorrow, A.J. Hawk. Honestly. That place on fire, man. It's a it's a different world right now, I feel like. Deion Sanders was quoted as saying in one of his videos that he put out that they made eighteen million dollars in Boulder yeah. this, this past weekend. So like he's taking pride in that though. That's something that like Prime has I don't want to say marketed, but you look go back to when he went to Jackson State, he started talking about how much money we're making yeah. for the city, how many tickets are being sold for the school, how many people are doing what. Then that was part of the pitch to like Colorado. I think there's like percentage of ticket sales in there and Dion's side and like every he's a businessman behind it. So he knows that letting the world know, like, hey, this little football team here that people don't like that I talk about with sunglasses on and a hat on uh-huh. and stuff like that. Right. Shout out to Colorado State coach just giving them you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, oh, yeah. Just awesome. awesomely yep. 
Why? Just hey, here you why? go. Yeah. Why? Just why? Hey, I know you guys need some more of this, so here. For those who don't know, the Colorado State head coach uh, was speaking at a local radio thing, mm-hmm. we'd assume, for Colorado State fans and alumni, but it was being streamed on some sort of, of website. And he just cut a quick promo about how his mother mm-hmm. taught him that when he's talking to somebody. Adults. Adults take her sunglasses off and her hat off when they're doing it. It's like. Why would you do that? So dumb. Why? I, is, did you need to take this stand right now? Like, is this what you want to just throw that right into their locker room pretty much? Yep. You got sharks just go ahead. Sw- yeah. Colorado State. Well, okay. We had TCU. They were in the national championship. Yep. Okay. We had Nebraska. That's an old school rivalry. And the coach kind of talked his shit. And right. then they stood on the buff yeah. before the game. Remember, right. we got this. Colorado State. What do you I guess Colorado supremacy? I mean. People are saying we can take on the Broncos right now. We're worried about yeah. we're worried about taking on Colorado State. I, I, I don't know. And then the coach comes out and says, "I got something for you." Yeah. Hey, listen, ready? Chuck. These dudes aren't professional. Yeah. Boom! Yeah. Throw right into the middle of the Sharks. Just start going crazy. It's like, all right, they might hang seventy this weekend. Yeah, yeah. Like that's what we're we're kind of looking at. That's the type of. Uh, you know, that's the type of motivation that like the people at the top of the world need. Yeah. And it feels like that's the type of motivation that Shador thrives off of. Remember, first week, offense coordinator at TCU. That's right. Browse, whenever he was over there at uh, FSU. Yep. Didn't even pay him time of day at a camp. Mm. So he wanted to do good against him. Mm-hmm. Next one. Oh, Matt Rule talked about my dad. Oh, interesting. And he stepped uh-huh. on a buff. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I think I've seen you before. Yeah. Oh, you're Tom Brady. Oh, you're Michael Jordan. Oh, you're Serena Williams. Oh, you're your dad. Oh, you're looking for something. Just anything to be like. I hate this guy. There's some people that get motivated by spite, and it does feel like it's all the greats. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All the ones that are at the top are motivated by spite, and that Colorado team seems to have a bunch of them, AJ. That is why I am a believer, and that is why I love that Colorado State coach going, bet, yeah. basically, yeah. about that entire thing. I love it, AJ. I thought it was crazy, and the thing is, Dion's not going to have to say anything because his team will speak for him because his team feels like yeah. there's two of, his, two of his sons are on the squad, too, so like, I would imagine you would understand, like anyone could feel like when someone goes after a sibling or your parent or something, it's really easy to be irrationally pissed at that person for the rest of your life. Like if it's a family member or a super close friend or something like that, or a parent like that, you can be pretty irrational with it. If it's against you, yeah, like you may get over whoever, but usually I feel like if it's against somebody that you're super tight with, or like I said before... I mean, you'll go, you'll do whatever it takes to Shil- try to like right that wrong. Speaking of, Shiloh Sanders will join us at uh, 220, leading tackler for mm-hmm. the Colorado Buffaloes, obviously fresh off the comment from the Colorado State head coach on a game that we all were like just super pumped to go see. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like a celebration, just going to Boulder, get a chance to witness, you know, a miracle in college football. Yeah. Team that won win last year now has the entire world looking at them. And inside that locker room, they believe they should win. And they're moving up their charts quickly oh, yeah. with what they're able to do. And then all of a sudden, the Colorado State coach is like, you know, you're all coming. Let's make sure you guys get a show, okay? Yeah. <laughs> let's make sure you guys get a show. We'll, I guess we'll be the uh, Washington Generals here. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me, let's create the Harlem Globetrotters here. Uh, these guys are disrespectful. Mm-hmm. My mama said, like, <laughs> What, dude? Chuck, why is he doing this? To motivate his team, or is it just trying to get a little baby pop with his fans? Why do you think this coach would do this? I have no idea. It's your I mean, own area. You, yeah. No. Yeah. Your town. Born and raised Boulder. in Boulder. They are, like, the Broncos are not there yet, right, Sean? So they, they are the talk of the entire state. 
You know, and so for Jay Norvell, usually it's the coach talking to the players like, okay, let's don't give these guys any more bulletin board. Nothing, right? It's going to be hard enough. So let's just keep our mouths shut, whatever. Now it's the players looking at coach going. Thanks. You got to play against them? What was that? Appreciate this. I mean, this team We got Travis Hunter coming in here, and now you just – the guy he calls dad, you just (laughs) basically said he's not a good human. So, thanks, coach. We did did not need this. I don't think so. We did not need this. Game day, though, love it. Right, perfect. Love that they're going to be a rabid audience, I'd assume, for their Colorado Buffaloes. But just – I think throughout history, every sports documentary that you have seen on the people that are up yonder – Okay, there's people that play sports. Awesome. We love it. There's people that are really good at sports. Great. Also cool. There's people that are like really great at sports. Mm -hmm. Okay, those are cool. They're all the best in every town they're from, by the way. All these people and these Mm -hmm. people. And then there's just these sons of bitches up here. Mm -hmm. Okay, and they are a different breed. They are just, they're different in between the ears, which makes them different everywhere else. Now, obviously you have to have the physical capabilities to be great, but they have it. And then in here, they are... They're Navy SEALs. They are just top-of-the-line mental warriors, and they find ways to motivate them. Deion Sanders is one of those guys. Yeah. Okay, and he has found and taught a lot of the most athletic kids on earth in Colorado to be the same exact way. Hey, you want the blueprint on how to get to the top? Every documentary of the people that are at the top, this is what they, they find reasons to be motivated even whenever they're great. They're able to remain competitive longer than everybody else and they're not scared to step on throats. Like, hey, this is what you got to do. Dion's teaching that to this entire thing. And then this dude just, just completely disagrees with science pretty much at this point. Like, that is the last thing. He's going to be the last guy that says anything about Colorado, I do assume. Well, and I wonder, like, because that's why I kind of understand it. It's like, hey, they kind of stink. They're expected to get blown out. He's probably thinking, like, well, if I say this, everyone's going to pick it up. Everyone's going to be talking about my name. And who knows? We might, you know, we might play him pretty close. And then on the flip side of that is, like, boy, he is going to look like a moron if they go out and get beat by 50, and you're probably right. No one else is going to say shit for the rest of the year. So they're just going to have to find some student at another. Like, Dion will find. Dion will yep. have a team of people. Mm-hmm. They'll be like, hey, did you see this? This is from a message board. Boner Garage. Yeah. Yep. Okay? Mm-hmm. Noted fan of this team yeah. that we're supposed to win. They said, Shador ain't she. You see that? You ain't she. Right there. What right there. Answer? That's that's Boner Garage. Yeah, yeah, got two retweets. He's exactly Boner Garage is speaking for their entire school. Everybody. Mm-hmm. Okay, you need to know that. That's what Dion's doing. I assume mm-hmm. you got a team built on spite, bro. Whew. That's why, like, whenever people think, can they handle all the, can they handle it all, all the success? It's like I think they have a team of people letting them know that it's not everybody on their side. Just like the Detroit Lions. Hold on, we got to have this conversation. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do this we right do. now, but I love that CJ GJ said, listen, everybody, ski masks up. Okay, we're coming to the game. Yeah. We're the villains now, so let's act like it. And then Jimmy Traina had a tweet that was like, does anybody think the Lions are the villains at all? Is that what Motor Good City question. Dan Campbell is painting in there? Is that what he's picturing <laughs> to the boys? I don't know what he's doing, but whatever you got to do to get ready for the game, I'm here for it. Now, in my opinion... I, I don't think this is true. I think the Lions are actually America's sweetheart. I think uh, everyone's yeah. rooting but for the CJ, Lions GJ. right now. Yeah, but yeah, CJ, GJ, do what you got to do. I'll love it. I love it. I'll wear a mask if I need to. Like, <laughs> I, I'm here for it. I don't know if you should be covering up that handsome face ever, but <laughs> I, you maybe wear it on top of your head. That'd be yeah. cool, too. But I, I love the fact that MCDC's got them believing. 
Everybody hates you guys. Yeah. yeah. They wanted Patrick Mahomes to win all by himself. It's supposed to be a storybook ending for this dynasty. They're going to go undefeated. You guys ruined it. All right, man? So, like. Say hello to the bad guys, man. Stay <laughs> off social media. Yeah. <laughs> They're saying terrible things about you. And the, the Lions are like, yeah, they are, aren't they? And then you still got Penny Soul who will go actually kill somebody on the road if he could. Freaking oh, yeah. nature. MCDC, good coach. Keeping people motivated and inspired and on the right path is something that Chuck did well. Yep. It's also something that Coach Prime does in Colorado. Joining us now is a man who leads the Colorado Buffaloes in tackles. A guy who was great at South Carolina, mm-hmm. great at Jackson State, what? and here on the biggest stage has shown up in a big way. Ladies and gentlemen, Shiloh Sanders. Yeah! Hey, hey, we just getting started. We just getting started. Hey, let's talk about this real quick. Obviously, congratulations on the incredible start over there. What has it been like to be in the middle of this? You guys don't seem to be surprised, but the rest of the world is. What is the feeling inside? Is this exactly how it was supposed to work out for you guys? The thing is, we're not even getting, we're just getting started. We're not even close to being done yet. We have a long season, and we've just been grinding this whole summer. You know, clicking as a team because we got a lot of transfers in. So we just clicked as a team, and now we're just seeing the results of the work we put in. Okay, so the Matt Rule stuff last week, the uh, TCU offensive coordinator the first week, and then this week the Colorado State coach says, you know what? I would like them to be pissed at us about something, too, and goes and talks shit on your dad in a Why little... Why do they do that? I don't know. <laughs> talking about that? Yeah. I... They, they just make it worse. I know. Shiloh, I, know, I, I don't understand it either. We are very confused by it. That is something you obviously all know about and are uh, very aware of whenever it happens. I, I don't get why. We was actually just talking about that. Uh, some of the receivers and my dad was over there, and I overheard them talking about that. And I was like, what did he say? And they told me. I was like, bro, why do they do this to themselves every week? Because <laughs> Brown's a cool guy. Like, you don't have to be like that. You yeah, know? I agree. We all agree. Go ahead, AJ. Hey, I'm curious when things like that happen, does he even have to bring it up to you guys, or do you guys bring like you guys come to him and let him know, hey, we got you. Like, don't don't worry about this. We got your back. Oh, buddy. We're pretty up to date on like uh that type of stuff. Like our our YouTube recommendations always has always has different interviews pop up like for other teams. So the algorithm at Google is helping you guys get motivated. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's very nice. Thank you, Google. <laughs> yeah, shout out. Thank you, Google. Yeah, keep But it's, it's crazy, though. I don't know why, why he gets so much hate, you know. We've been winning for a long time. He's been being Shador's coach. And uh, I don't know why he's getting so much all right, we're going to call you back. I think it's on our side. I do believe the internet's down. That's a hilarious response. Why do they do that? What were they doing? Why do they? We were asking the same question, so and they're in the locker room like, why are these people trying us, man? What is the problem? And going forward, it's going to be a real thing. These schools are going to be like, listen, compliments only. Yes. Yeah. We don't need any student. They're going to be sending out emails to every student. I got one whenever I was at West Virginia. They sent an alert to every single student that a mountain lion was, or not a mountain lion, an African lion sure. was loose in town from a circus over the weekend. Nice. And they just wanted to give you a heads up. I'm like, a heads up? There's an African... The okay. king of the jungle is out here in Morgantown right Excuse now. Me. Just should we get, can we not get a little bit close? They need to send one of those out yep. for every game that they have coming up. I think, uh, Oregon, USC is both, are both on their schedule. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think they got a big up. one coming up or whatever. They send out an alert to everybody. Nobody posts on X, nope. TikTok, Snapchat, Instagram, what? Facebook, what? MySpace, what? any of them. Okay. 
Nothing. Everything is positive from every student, every alumni moving forward. But the great ones are able to find stuff to keep them going. And they're filled with them over there, Colorado. Yeah, well, I think you're able to find it. And then you can't, like, your everything, 100% of your drive can't be off of spite and hatred towards something. But I think it definitely can help get you going in those 6 a.m. workouts or those moments. It definitely helps you go. I think eventually, you know, you don't have to let it go, but it goes to the back of your mind. Were you a spite guy? Yeah, I mean, everybody... I think can find things and fight, find spite that it makes you, you feel like you can go a thousand times harder sometimes when you're pissed at somebody. Drew Brees, he, uh, before he elbowed you in the back of the head. Yeah. Right. Oh. oh, yeah. That was a good time down there at Radio Rose, yep. Super Bowl. He gave us an incredible conversation. And it was whenever he was potentially thinking about retiring, we're flickering on ESPN. I mean, there is something going on. Oh, yeah. Jeez. Oh, Come yeah. on. What? Oh, I mean, no. there is so. Broadwin. They are, bro. We're getting throttled. For real, I know. Ridiculous. People are they're pixelating. Like, yeah, everything's going on. I don't know what's happening. So, Coach Saban on our thing pixelated here. This no. hasn't happened. This no. has not happened no. in like year, year, no. in no. a few weeks. We're never. getting attacked, huh? Yeah, never in this building. Oh, this hey. is all the people that got you know that said mm-hmm. we're the ones that got hired and their mm-hmm. friends got fired. Yeah. yeah, something fishy's going on, and I don't like it. Yeah, what's yeah. the deal? Are we getting targeted with I, throttling I, of the internet? It I'm not certainly so. looks like it. We can't even connect to Shiloh. Trying to have a, con- a conversation now. That could be on his side, but with what's going on on our side here lately, I don't know if I trust anything anymore. We got a satellite truck, five fibers coming in here, yeah. losing service. Only had two before. No satellite truck had service completely. What's the deal? Well, the people don't know this who are watching on ESPN, but there is a character, and his name is Smothers, and I do believe he wasn't too happy about this operation moving into his neighborhood, so I'm not so sure if he is not chewing on five different fibers at once to screw up the connection. Smothers is a Vietnam War vet, so we appreciate his service. Love Smothers. He hated me, though. Boy. Yeah. Yeah. He and I had a little bit of a verbal joust at a city council meeting yep. to get this mm-hmm. particular building rezoned. He was not happy I was moving in here. Mm-hmm. I tried to tell him it was going to be good for the neighborhood, and he said, I don't believe you're speaking the truth. Yeah. <laughs> he opposed. He walked out of the building. Okay, this is all on Zoom. He walked all the way out, and then he forgot to formally vote. Turns around, and he was walking so loud on the Zoom that it picked up the sound. So all 500 people on the Zoom are literally just watching this guy walk back to the thing. I opposed, by the way. (laughs) Then walked walked, I laughed so hard. It might be smothered. Yeah, that's what I think it is. But I feel like we earned his trust over the first year in this place. I I would hope. I mean, what did we do? He built a beautiful building. It looks great from the outside, and there's a fence that looks great. Yeah, and we had Tiny Stewart racing his go-karts outside. Uh, Let's talk about the Bills reporter before we can get Shiloh back. Hopefully we can. If we cannot, we will certainly schedule for another day, and we apologize. Maybe somebody's out to get Shiloh, too. Ranked fifth out of uh, Deion Sanders' five kids on Deion Sanders' ranking of his children the other day <laughs> ah. on Instagram. So we don't know who's working against him or us, but we do appreciate him taking some time. Bill's reporter, who works for the Buffalo Bills, yeah. caught on a hot mic yesterday in a press conference giving her opinions about Stephon Diggs and his relationship with the media. I think they're trying her stuff. Steph and Micah is who they're trying for. Hey, Across the there's no control over yeah. Stefan Diggs. Yeah. Yeah. Diggs going to do what he wants to do. Nope. He'll look at, he'll look at my face and say, F you. How he treats everybody. Jeez. Yikes. Jeez Louise. Boy. 
You know, like, that's a very interesting thing to get caught on a hot microphone. Yeah. Especially because we've chatted with Stephon Diggs. He's been very nice to us. Very nice. guy. Josh Allen teammates love him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Everybody seems to enjoy him. But the media member lady who works for the Bills yeah. is letting everybody in there know, nah, nah, he'll say this, he'll say that. She has come out with an apology. Obviously, she has said, I want to take ownership for what I said today. I'm very sorry for what I said and meant no ill will. Okay. I respect the hell out of Stephon Diggs, and he has been one of my favorite players to cover. It's going great. He has great character and treats us media with lots of respect. He takes time out of his day to talk to us, which he doesn't have to do. Well, he has to once a week. For context, media was waiting for players to come out for press conferences when a reporter joking told me to go get Stephon Diggs. I said I don't have control over him, okay? Steph marches to the beat of his own drum, and I love that about him. He has a playful relationship with our video department, so that's why I said he probably wouldn't say yes to me grabbing him for an interview. I should not have said what I said, and I apologize for that. Steph is not in the wrong. I am. We all know that, Maddie. Yeah. <laughs> we all know that. We all know that, Maddie, at the end there. Sounds like there was some things, a little bit of a, a tall tale or two, about three quarters of the way through of, he normally just jokes with our video department, yeah. so that's yeah. why okay. I was oh. saying what I said. Of course, of course that makes sense. Uh, there was a couple players, Isaiah McKenzie said, don't worry about it, okay? He called a wrong name, obviously. He would say autocorrect, yeah. probably. <laughs> sure, and he sure. did put another tweet in <laughs> yeah, there. Uh -huh. yep. Okay, her name's Maddie. Mary, I don't know why you're apolog uh, apologizing. <laughs> I loved it, says Isaiah McKenzie. I think we all enjoy the fact that she was probably trying to get a pop out of whoever she was talking For to. For sure. So she's got good personality. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. she was trying to lift spirits, trying to get a pop out of whoever was like, you're asking me to do it? Yeah, right. No way. Oh, look at me say, F you right in my face. Pretty, I mean, that's a pretty rude thing to say about somebody else in, in an effort to put yourself over. Uh, yep. uh, certainly kind sure. of paint a character narrative that you could potentially build there. But I'm thinking bygones are bygones, they move on. Stephon Diggs, though, probably not going to do a lot of good interviews with Maddie going forward if I had to guess. Yeah, no. safe to say, I hate this shit. I hate it. It's like, you know, I mean, just just own up and say, hey, I got caught. I said something stupid on a hot mic instead of being like, listen, there's no ill will, okay? Like, I didn't mean what. Yeah, I said he was a disrespectful son of a bitch, okay? But I didn't mean anything. Sue me. Yeah, exactly. Like, it just, it's so stupid. You know, it happens all the time. Someone says something like this that they did not intend anyone to hear. Yep. Everyone hears it, and then they got to act like, well, that's not what I meant. I mean, I, I meant no ill will by it. So I will say this. Like, she didn't know anybody was going to hear this. Right. And she was just trying to get a pop out of the conversation she was having. Mm -hmm. Understand. Yeah, tough. Understand. That's Now, the way you were going about getting the pop in the conversation was by burying somebody's character. Mm -hmm. Okay? Yeah. So for that to also be caught on a hot mic for the world to hear, mm -hmm. tough, tough situation. It's, I don't know if it's going to be... Uh, and, though, just awareness at the same time, too. You know those media rooms, have, a lot of them have mics hanging from the Bingo. ceiling. They have mics everywhere. Like, that's another thing you just got to... Got to take a take a good look around. Hey, we're proud of them both, though. Yeah. They'll move on. Yeah. Is that her idea? Come on down to New England. I think she got a little nudge about putting an apology. Oh, no, no. She was our idea. All right, we'll be back tomorrow from Boulder. You all are the best. Goodbye. Okay, so I think we made it. But, like, what happened? What's going, going on? I looked over there. Like, ESPN's running on our big screen over there. We got one of those. And it's just my dumb face and AJ's face over there. And I just, I don't see it much. But when I look over, one of the times, it was just a completely blank screen or whatever. I'm like, so is that our TV's fault? On TV? Yeah, on, on TV. Like on actual ESPN. So there's us, a little inception there. We just obviously want to uh, send it a thing out. We're about to be gone. It's 30 seconds behind. What has been happening? 
What is the deal? What do we think is going on? Uh, it does actually seem like there is some sort of sabotage going on. What did going Saban's on? video look like to you guys? Very bad. Terrible. But then on. Had lines all the way up and down, like. Yep. Yeah. And on TV, Perfect. though, it looked good. Like I was watching oh. on TV, it looked very good. And on Zito's computer, okay. it's very clean. So I don't know how that is even possible. Yeah. Have there been uh, new faces inside or outside the building? Recently, because that is definitely something you have to look into because nothing was wrong before anybody of that type of situation oh, oh, showed okay. up. Not you, Chuck. <laughs> Not oh, you. Fuck. You think, Chuck, <laughs> you think, Chuck, you think he was talking Chuck about you? No, Chuck. Yeah. Could you imagine if he was talking about Chuck right there? Yeah. yeah Chuck Pagano. I would have said old people in it. If I was oh! About you. Okay. This guy was biking through Italy last night. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That looked amazing. It did look amazing. How many miles? It was, uh, I don't know, a couple hundred. But it was the hill. Did you take the bike it's there? The, no, they, they, Ray brought his bike. Ray was on the trip with oh, us. How do you Ray, take your bike to Italy? Did you ship it there? Ray Lewis was Ray, on yeah, a bike in Italy miles? last week? Yeah, so oh, yeah, Ray's a big biker. He's yeah, a, he is a yeah. big biker. What? Yeah. That dude is a, hey, he's a barn. Mm-hmm. Jared, Jared Johnson played for us in Baltimore, too. They were teammates together, Ray and him, for nine years in Baltimore. Jared played at Alabama. It's his cousin who owns the cycling house, the company that took us over there. They're based out of Missoula. So he brought, he brought his own bike, but they, they, it's, it's unbelievable. And for those guys, like he's two, 255, Jarrett's like 265, and they're pedaling these bikes up these freaking hills. Are we zigzagging like we used to have? And, to the, yeah. and then you know, you know how little cyclists are, right? Tiny, yes. Lamont, I mean, those dudes, mm-hmm. I mean, they got arms like this. Yeah. They weigh 130 pounds. And they're, they're also getting blood pulled out of their body. Yep. Yep. But their pistons. And then back. Yeah, just their pistons. And, and little girls are like <laughs> passing us. And, and it's every when the easiest gear standing up. 1-1. One, one. Just about to die. And you're thinking about Peloton right. when they're like, double time. Go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're on your Peloton. Oh, it's just like, hey, and we're you yeah, know, dying. high-fiving dudes. and No. How many days straight? Five. Five straight days of biking? Yeah. From one town to another town? We, same town, same bed and breakfast every day. Okay. Last day, we oh. got in the van, put the bikes on top of the van, shuttled us over to Chianti. Oh. Of course. Beautiful We, we were in Siena the whole time, went to Chianti. Totally different feel. Lush. Yeah. I mean, the wine farm, I mean. That's Chianti. Unbelievable. Yeah, I never heard of it, but it sounds amazing. Great wine. Yeah. Just so, like ass. And so you ride your ass off, right, all day. 40, 45 miles. Hey, you want to do extra? Yeah, let's do extra. What? Dumb idea. Yeah, never. Dumb idea. Yeah. What are you saying, what? We played pickup basketball with this dude, and everybody on That's earth different. knows ba- pickup basketball games are to 11. Yep. That is what games are yeah. to. Ones and twos. It doesn't matter what state you're in, what yep. city you're in, hmm. the games are to 11. We're four points into this pickup basketball game, and the guy goes, well, what are we playing to? And Connor goes, 21. I'm like, no, we're not. We are not playing to 20. I cannot make it another 10 points past where we're going. Had to change that quick. We lost. Yeah, we did. By quickly. a lot. We lost quickly to this team because you try to kill them. Never say you want extra. Bu- yeah, yeah, you do, right? Because you're in Italy. When yeah. in Rome. Yeah, yeah. yeah when, when in Rome. Rome. Yeah. You got to do it. No, absolutely. When everybody else says, all the other non-whatever, like good people, hey, we're all doing it. And we looked at each other and go, and we're all dying. But none of us is going to say no. Yeah, yeah can't. Bingo. Imagine Ray Lewis. And then one, no. one guy uh, says, hey, we're, we're in. You, did he yeah, give any okay. speeches? Did he give any good motivational speeches at any moment? Ray? No speeches. Lost his fastball. I thought that was his thing. No, that's all he did. I thought he was like a super motivating yeah, guy. Yeah, no, motivational just, speaker. Just watching him on the bike. Go. Oh. That was enough. Oh, so he says, do as I do, not yeah. as I say. Watch nice. me. It was, 
Chuck, you guys riding around getting hammered? What are you doing? What's that? You riding around getting hammered at these nice wineries and then going to the next one? No. So you, you'd, you'd ride for like 20, 22 Leave miles, AJ. We'd stop at a, at a little village, a little town. Have what a, you guys clack through ex- town? Clack, yeah. clack, clack. Yeah. Here have we go a, again. Have an espresso. <laughs> Have yeah. a cappuccino, sure. nice slice sure. of pizza, right. uh, croissant, and then we get back on the bike, Those work that off. <laughs> that B and B we stayed at, we'd either have dinner out or have they they cook homemade pasta and whatever. At night. Oh, who's the, the family that the ran Chianti, the breakfast? The Chianti Classical we were drinking. It's three dollars and fifty cents a bottle over there. Jeez, wow, must be terrible. And that same bottle here. <laughs> no, it's twenty five here. Okay, oh, okay, wow. okay. Got slapped it's in the a bag. pricey wine. It's, yeah. the, it's the house. Shipping. It's the house wine, and it's it's as good as any wine that I've had. You look fantastic. We're happy we got this photo. Yeah. You, you throwing up the grazie oh, yeah. with the Italia bike thing that is classic, and it's nice that you keep in touch with Ray and your former players. I don't think I've ever met somebody that played for you that didn't like you, Coach. That's good news. Mm-hmm. You should be very Appreciate proud of that. I think Saban's the same way. <laughs> happening tonight as the boys are elated. That's A.J. Hawk. The Toxic Table is here at Boston Connor and at Ty Schmidt. One half of the hammer, Don Cowboys Tone Diggs is here. And a man of coach for like 40 years, Chuck Pagano, has joined us live on set for the entire day. So Shiloh Sanders will not be joining us today, actually. Uh, the connection, we can never get it. Son of a So bitch. since we're going to Boulder tomorrow, I said, how about tomorrow? It's like, okay, sounds good. So Shiloh, I think, will be stopping by the set. Nice. I do believe Deion Sanders Ooh, will be stopping okay. by the set tomorrow. Okay. I do believe Stephen A. Smith will be stopping okay. on our show live right. tomorrow. Ooh. And there's also some other guests that are being rumored. Because remember, Colorado Boulder has become the new USC practice, where every human yep. who is somebody or has a following is trying to get to Boulder, Colorado. Congrats to them. And we can't wait to get there tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. What a turn around for an entire program and an operation aj i mean it's completely different look at it like who, who was the ad that actually brought him in that hired dion do you remember hey i said a guy's name rick george what is it rick george rick george shout out Chuck. Oh, Hell great yeah. name. boom but he hugged him immediately after the game as well and then whenever we asked him why he took the colorado job he said rick george is the reason why i think he just basically said to him hey whatever you need yeah, you know yeah I mean? let's do whatever it. you need let's go ahead and make this happen and they certainly have we'll be there i think there's a massive guest Potentially. Tomorrow. Potentially. Like massive. Physically or like massive as in like Both. notoriety? Kind of all the above. Oh, yeah. yeah. Don't do it. Yeah. Ooh, okay. I'm not going to say it because it'll get canceled. Bad juju, yeah. Yeah, and who knows if yeah. we'll even be able to have enough service to get off the air. Right. Onto the air tomorrow right. or onto YouTube. Probably not. Live in Boulder. We're assuming not. Let's talk about some other things going on around the NFL. Kelsey, Jason Kelsey, has a documentary that has been released on Amazon called Kelsey. It is spectacular is what Connor said. So good. One of the better documentaries I've ever seen. It's it's similar to quarterback, but it's also much more condensed in the like the things you learn about the Kelsey's family, not just Jason, because obviously it's focused on Jason, but it really encapsulates the whole entire family, them growing up, going to Cincinnati, and then obviously it you know coexists with the start of the New Heights pod, which was also cool to see how they started doing that and the feelings toward it in the beginning, too. And I would assume it's going to run through the Super Bowl, in which it was a Kelsey Bowl. And yep. speaking of the Super Bowl, a scene was in the Kelsey documentary on Amazon that has the internet talking about, is that fair? 
Ladies and gentlemen, from the we don't have the video. Okay, anyway, so I thought we had it. Thought yeah. we had it. Thought we had it. The um, the wife of Jason, I believe her name is Kylie. Mm-hmm. She has been on the New Heights podcast. She is electric, yes. electrifying, electrifying. Yeah. Like obviously, uh, you know, to marry Jason Kelsey with what we know. You would assume an absolute dog. She is hilarious, and they have an incredibly great family. It seems like they love being like oh, that. Yeah, is, yeah. that oh, is yeah. a great situation there. So they're in the living room where Kylie basically is going through the numbers of how much it's going to cost for their family to buy all their Super Bowl tickets, and it was like fifty thousand dollars or something like that. So then you got Jason Kelsey going. That's a lot of money. And then one of his daughters turns the corner and he goes like, do you want to go to the Super Bowl? Because the mom's, I got a, I got a four year old that's not going to use his seat. I got to pay $5,000 for one of these tickets. This is something that rarely comes up, but players are buying their own tickets around the NFL. If you're in the Super Bowl, I think you have up to 15, 10, 15 or 20. I forget what it is. Every other player across the league gets an option to buy two of them. Those are normally. Quickly sold. Shout out IRS. Don't attack them all. Those are quickly sold for everybody. It's kind of like a business operation. But I sort of think about the Kelsey situation. Like they were, the NFL was working the Kelsey family. Oh yeah. Like if you if you remember Mama Kelsey, I put up some screen grabs. She was in Sports uh, Sports Illustrated. She was on the Today Show. She was on CNN. Yeah. I mean, they were working her as they were promoting the Kelsey Bowl. They could have at least given their family some tickets with how much marketing they were doing out of the Kelsey Bowl. Yeah, absolutely. I think she even had like a sit down with Goodell. Like she was she was talking it with was the commissioner sweet. of the league one on one. Yeah. Yeah. Now, granted, those tickets four thousand bucks a pop. The NFL was like, eh. Mm, uh. I mean, yeah. they could yeah. Come pony, on. pony up. But I think, like, the fact that the Kelseys were marketing the Super Bowl and they were working for the NFL as much as they were seemingly working for the NFL, yeah. we can make that happen. I hope by the end of the documentary it shows that they did and we're just seeing a beginning clip. But the entire internet had the same thought. Hey, Leak. Yeah. Come on, help this guy out. But then the league says, well, if we help this family out, then all of a sudden every single team, there's 53 guys on the Mm -hmm. roster, make the third guy, then practice call. What are we supposed to do? Where do we stop? How are we supposed to do this? And I think that leads into a bigger conversation. Like, you know, guys get their game-worn jerseys. They pay for those. You know, whenever guys get home game tickets, they pay for those. Wild. You know, this part, they pay for those. You know, the food, they pay for those. Mm-hmm. You know, every, you know, the gifts that they get from the owners, they're paying taxes on those. It's like everything mm-hmm. is accounted for that you don't really think about. But it is a nice life, Chuck. It is a nice oh, life being in the NFL. Yeah. Yes, it is. It's an interesting thing, though, because I think people just assume that the tickets to home games, just like in high school or somewhere, it's like, yeah, we got these. And oh, yeah. guys are losing a lot of ched when they go back to their hometown. It's like, how many Tickets are, how many family members are here tonight? 35. Oh, that's a good story. It's yeah. a good story. And in my head, I'm like, that's like $30,000 yeah. yeah. I just spent on tickets. That's a real deal. One of the biggest conversations we always had, especially with young guys, is you got to set some boundaries. And you have to say no. <laughs> and I know it's family, but they are going to milk you dry. They, and it, I mean, isn't one of the conversations, like, too, tough. like... These are one of the conversations. Get the tickets settled earlier in the week. Like, I remember that being something Get them settled early in the week, but before you even play a game, before you make a team, say, look, if this works out, all right, I'm not flying everybody to home games, let alone on the road. Mm -hmm. And I'm not buying this. You guys are going to have to pay for some of the tickets. This is what I get. You know, and then you, you, you let somebody else be the bad guy, too. You say, this is my handler. This is my money manager guy. You want... 
talk to him. He'll if I got availability of funds, I can help you with whatever. Talk to that guy. A lot easier said than done. Yeah, Yeah. a lot easier said than done, especially with some people in the communities that they come from and the people that they have around them. But to kind of expand that point, like everybody just assumes that when high profile people and their families have a fallout for something. And it's always the high-profile person's fault. And maybe it will be in most aspects. But also, like, not all families are movie families. You know what I mean? Not all. Not, not all many. Pa- not many are. Yeah. yeah. Not, not many are. And not, not all parents, most parents, I think, are looking after their kids and mm-hmm. want the best, you know, everything for their kids. Some parents see their kids as a gold mine, yeah. as a bank account. And boy. Do they try to capitalize on that? And all of a sudden, one thing leads to another, and it's like not only are they no longer a family anymore, but also the money tunnel is gone and over. It's a sad reality that takes place, and I think like the ticketing, people learning that the players have to pay for this is a nice piece of information to get public for people. You know, AJ, like, hey, none of this is free. Somebody's paying for all this stuff. Yeah, it is. And obviously, they're all getting paid very, very well. But it, it is one thing to say, okay, this guy's going to start at center for, for the Philadelphia Eagles, and he's probably paying over $50,000 just in tickets alone. And I know when we went to the Super Bowl, we had the option to buy four tickets that were decent in, like, the lower half. And then I think we could buy eight or ten that were legit the top row. Like, my brothers, and they watched from the very top row at Dallas Stadium. Still loved it, but that's, like, what you were able to buy. You couldn't buy. I was like, well, what if I want to buy four more of the decent ones? Like, no, you could try to trade with other players, but those ones are tough to come by. I'm happy that happened to you because I was rookie punter when we went to the Super Bowl. Tim McAfee, <laughs> yeah. top yeah. row. Nick was hey, up there. Hey, thank you for that, though. That yeah, was a cool night. Once I found out that came out of your pocket, I was eternally grateful because I know that was not cheap. Yeah, well, you guys, it was the cheapest in the building. <laughs> Didn't matter. It was still an incredible gesture. Certainly the cheapest in the entire building. MC Hammer was sitting right in front of them. Oh, Speaking awesome. of my parents, happy birthday, Mama. Oh, no. Happy birthday, 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 Sally. Sally. Hell yeah. Love your mom. She's having a nice little day, I believe, with the wife right now. Nice. My mom used to drink just Hershey syrup out of the bottle. Oh, love that. Mm. Loves chocolate. So good. Loves, loves chocolate. Okay. Used to turn the corner, go into the uh, kitchen, and she's just got that thing flipped upside sure. down. It's like, Sal, take it easy. <laughs> what do we got going on? Pretty good, though. Oh, yeah. And she used to just... I mean, it's pretty remarkable, that syrup, that she was... I mean, now that I think about it as an adult, Jesus, Sal. <laughs> Strawberry's good, too. That strawberry syrup is good, too. Sal make. loves a good chocolate martini. Yeah, Sal doesn't mess oh, with strawberries. Nice. Sal is all in on chocolate. My mom just... Sweet Tooth comes from my mother, and it's fantastic whenever you're eating something, but then I don't know how she was doing that. Like, she looks good. Hey, Mom, you're doing great. Yeah, Hey, Mom, you're doing great. Absolutely great. Happy birthday, but her and my wife are doing a full chocolate thing today. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, nice little Sweet Tooth on his sweet, sweet day. Uh, Let's talk about Anthony Richardson being the greatest quarterback in the NFL. Oh, possibly. So in his debut for the Indianapolis Colts, Anthony Richardson was better than everybody. <laughs> okay, Ooh. so I know the Colts put these stats out, and they're definitely going to sell whoever they draft at number four sure. overall. But how about completions by a Colts rookie quarterback in a debut? Anthony Richardson, 24. Who's that better than? I don't know. Do you know those two guys? Andrew Luck and Peyton Manning? Oh, oh pretty good. Better start than a more completions. You're welcome. Highest completion percentage by Colts rookie quarterback in debut? Almost 65%. And he's the fifth quarterback in NFL history with a rushing and passing touchdown in the season opener. Wow. Is that good? Wow. Yeah. Is that good? I've been saying from the rooftops, we got a guy. Because of what he does behind 
closed doors where he's cleaning up meeting rooms mm-hmm. and cleaning up events and off days. shaking hands and off days he's in the building just like a veteran is and he can make every throw but then the coaches say this guy's dialed in this guy's not worried about anything other he doesn't do a lot of social media or nil deals he is a rapper he is filthy on the mic yep. but whenever you talk about football wise they're wondering is he going to be able to be an nfl guy he hasn't played a lot of football he made some plays this past weekend that made all of us believe he is going to be a great nfl quarterback and a spike is immaculate with the salute immediately afterwards. Chuck, how do you feel about the new quarterback that's in control here in Indianapolis? And how do you feel about his debut breaking all of the Colts rookie records pretty much? Yeah, I thought he was I thought he was tremendous. He didn't look out of place. He mm-hmm. he looked calm. He looked like he belonged. I think everybody thought he was going to go in there with, you know, big eyes, this, that, and the other. Uh, I thought he was excellent. And if we have a run game, if we had a guy that complimented him back there. Mm. And some other pieces, but this kid's—I mean, he's what twenty years old? Yeah, I believe he's twenty-one, twenty, yeah. one or the other. One, yeah, he's right there. But he's mature beyond his years, and when you find out all the other stuff, what a good human he is, you could see how much he loves his family, his brother. You know, mm-hmm. during the whole draft process, all those kind of things. His mom, this guy—I mean, Colts fans, all of us should be very, very excited for for what's ahead. Uh, what's yeah, yeah, yeah. With this, uh, yeah. Because uh-huh. it's a reset. It's a reboot. It's going to take a minute, but... I'm a little bit worried about the first time he really got hit, I guess he got a, like a bone bruise. Yeah. yeah it's not and then good. that ended up catching up to him later in the game. That's I hope that's not normal because he's going to get hit mm-hmm. with how big he is and how he's going to run. Mm-hmm. AJ, he would run your ass over, I Whoa. think. And I, we yeah, need to I see just, more of that. I was watching... Yeah, believe me, I was watching that red zone, that, that design QB run where they shift and all of a sudden you have a... You have him 240 pounds or whatever coming downhill. He can also do the old like Tebow jump pass here. There's so many options you have with him because defensively, when they're down here, like it's so tough when you have a quarterback that is as big and strong as him. I remember playing against Cam Newton. They get down inside the 10, like, all right, these guys can do whatever they want down here, I feel like. That number 14 there that was coming in to celebrate a little bit later, would like you to show up. Yeah. Gonna need <laughs> hey, that, big fan of you as a person, but first-round draft pick, not on a stat sheet pretty much. Yeah. You and Funk are in the same spot who I didn't even know was there for receptions. Let's go ahead and let's start catching some balls. Help out our rookie quarterback. Yeah. Uh, that would be great. We do need some weapons. Michael Pittman Jr. is a guy. Uh, obviously, his family has all moved to Indianapolis, which is incredible. They're kind of taking in the entire city. The AR5 experience is going to be a fun one, and I think the Jags are a good team. The mm-hmm. Jags are a very good team. My big takeaway when I was watching on TV is he's going to be one of those quarterbacks that tire and fresh straight D lines because even if they get home like or even get close to him they weren't even close to sacking him like they couldn't get him on, on the ground he was he was very aware of what was going around of him in the pocket and was able to get out and, and make some plays which as a fan watching like against quarterbacks that, that can do that is the most frustrating thing in the world I also think you just you talk about the narrative around him going into the season where it's like yeah we we see the physical talent and the physical abilities but like he only started this many games in college, so it's going to take him several weeks yeah. to kind of get acclimated to the NFL game. And then he looked unbelievable week one. Like you said, the Jags, like a lot of people are picking them to either win the AFC or go to the Super Bowl. Like they're supposed to be right there. And there was, I mean, up until what, like three minutes left in the game, it was like, oh, the Colts could win this game. Like they have a legitimate shot. And it was, and, and no, none of the moments ever felt too big for him. No, I mean, it's a punt return. I mean, they're right there. They get the ball back. They get a stop. They get the ball back. They can't get a first down, and then Agnew does his deal. And then the rest is it's boom, boom. He throws points. a pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the pick. He throws the pick, and it's 14 points. But the thing is that, and hopefully Shane's talk. and I didn't do a good enough job with Andrew early on in his career because he plays a position like a linebacker. 
That's his mindset. But this kid's got to learn to take care of himself. You watched Josh Allen the other night early in that game. Mm. He breaks outside the left containment, and he runs for a first down, and he just go out of bounds. He turns it back inside and tries to run, you know, a, a guy over. And, and McDermott's just sitting there going, Yeah. Come on. Hey, John, be smart. You can't do that anymore. Yeah. And so Anthony's got to learn that, look, if we have to punt on fourth, that's okay. Learn if, it, if there's nothing there, if you got to throw the ball away, throw the ball away. If you got to get on the ground, get on the ground. You're not disrespecting your teammates. You're not disrespecting the game. We need you healthy. Trevor Lawrence told him immediately after that. Yeah, yeah, Trevor yeah. Lawrence said, uh, I just told him. He looks so cool, by the way. Oh, yeah, my great God. So cool. He's got, He's like, his face. Yep. And then, like. My hair. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, he does. He does have, <laughs> he does have like, your hair. He was, I just told him, like, just protect himself. Yeah. Like, he just needs to look out he for does. himself mm-hmm. out there. Because yeah. Trevor Lawrence is watching that Jumbotron and then sees him take one of those shots. And he's like. Phew. And he sees him take another one. He's like, I understand you're big, man, but, like. These are adults. Yeah, these yeah. guys hit a little bit harder. These are adults out here. Joe Burrow had to learn the same thing. Remember, Joe Burrow, his first year, was being – yeah, that's a big-time oh, shot. Big that's shot. a tough one there. Yeah, that's I remember watching that. That was the one that knocked him out. That was mm-hmm. the one that knocked yeah. him out. Now, it wasn't because of a concussion. It was because I assume his entire upper body was like, what are we doing? Yeah. And oh, then boy. his knee that got bruised earlier probably – Thought he was going to score. Yeah, probably flared up a little bit, you know. But, like, Joe Burrow, his first year, and he got hit a lot. And in the second year, he got hit a lot. Mm-hmm. And then last year, at the beginning of the year, he got hit a lot. But he was always getting hit. And the people around him were like, Joe Burrow likes to get hit. He's an Ohio guy. Wakes him up. That's football. He came on our show, and we're like, hey, Joe, like, we don't like seeing your head you know, off of your body because right. yeah. you're getting speared from the side or you're running and you're trying to make a play and then you get hit. And he goes, I always feel like I need one yeah. of those you know, like every single game to like get me in there. And we're, we all were like, Joe, like we're not friends with Joe, but our literal immediate reaction was like, Joe, come on. Like, Can't do it. We need you on the field. That's what we need. But some of these guys, like Andrew Luck, I think like Joe, who has changed mm-hmm. that mindset. But some of these guys feel like if you, if they don't do that, it's not football. Like, this is football. Like, that's how you play football. Andrew Luck thought he was disrespecting the sport, I think, if every single play he didn't try to make every single one of them. And it's like, it's hard to coach out of, like, hey, you got to slide or get out of bounds. And Andrew's like, but also, like, this is football. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, then he's got Dunlap hanging off his back in a playoff game, right, and throws it, and he gets sat, hit. Bucket. Dante Moncrief, touchdown, dime. So there's such a fine line there. Yeah. With those guys. Because it's like, no, no, okay, great job. He didn't get hurt, we're good. Yeah, about every series it was like, he didn't get hurt, yeah. we're good. Because mm-hmm. when he went down, buddy, our team was pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. went our out team, of the sales. Our team was not that good. <laughs> and that's the message. That's the message to these quarterbacks. Like, that's what we tried to tell Joe Burrow. Like, in college, proving your toughness, I get it. With your boys, awesome, love it. Broken rib, one out there, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. LSU's going to love it. But in the NFL... Other than the rookies, everybody else very much understands, like, you being healthy makes all of our lives better. This entire city, this entire building, obviously the ownership in front of – everybody's life is better if you are healthy. So we need you to think about that. Some guys, it's just not possible, AJ. Some guys, it's just not possible. Yeah, it's not. I mean, eventually, I think they all probably will try to come around or pick and choose when you do decide to lower that shoulder. Make sure you have a favorable matchup if you are going to lower that shoulder at the end of a run or you have the angle on him. They don't have the angle on you, things like that. But that, when it's in those guys like Josh Allen, like like you said, Joe Burrow, they they like it. AR-15, obviously, you want to, you know, five. you want to go and deliver a blow sometimes. Yeah, five. It's AR-5. 
place. Oh, who's oh, 15? Christ. Something he, is 15. He was oh, 15. Yeah. Now he's five. He dropped. Yeah, he's he AR5. Yeah. He didn't like the nickname. For the Josh oh, Allen thing, too. I think there was a stat this morning. He's had like 96 runs or something. He only slid three or four times. <laughs> so it's like, dude, you, like he said before in the preseason, I know I have to change my game a little because of the fact the team's better when you know I'm out there, obviously. But it, it feels almost impossible to take that out of the football player in them just because that's how they play. That's how they've always played. All right, here's some interesting stats from right. Hembo that I got texted to me. Um Crazy stat here. Jets offense used motion less frequently than any team in the NFL week one. Hardly ever changed the picture. So were they doing that just to keep it slow for Zach Wilson? Potentially, uh, but also remember Rodgers was the one who said that was the one thing who like he hated that about LaFleur's offense was how much motion there was and pre-snap movement. So you wonder if they put that in for him and then kind of just left it like that when, when he went down. Yeah, because the thought is he wants to be able to examine exactly. the defense. Like, yep. When we're moving, I get that we're seeing if it's in man yep. or zone. But if they're clearly in zone, it would do me quite a favor right. if we didn't have everybody running over the f- Let's yep. let them get settled in so then I can go, Oh, okay. You're not coming. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. You aren't supposed to be there either. But with Zach Wilson, they're going to have to pick that up, I think, right? That's going to have to be a vastly different thing. Well, I mean, it, if you remember Aaron on here, I don't know when it was, but he told us, like, he told the floor at one point, hey, can we just run a play without moving pre-snap? Can we just have <laughs> one play without any pre-snap motion or, or shifts and everything? So I'm sure it's dialed back in their in their playbook and what they bring week to week. But that game plan is going to drastically change now, I feel like, with Zach Wilson. I hope so. We would hope so. Yeah. We, we, that doesn't necessarily mean that that is the reality. You know, some coaches yeah. make interesting decisions. Here's another crazy stat. Chuck, you're going to love this one for the defensive side. The Cowboys have 70 takeaways in 35 games with Dan Quinn as the defense coordinator, plus 102 sacks and 490 pressures. All of those are the most in the NFL during that span. What is Dan Quinn's defense doing down there that's different than, different than everybody else? They're playing the run on the way to the quarterback. So they penetrate. They get after it. He's going to bring some dudes. He's got special players on, on that defense. Uh, they're simple. They don't do a lot, so they can play really, really fast. So they got tons of talent. They got athleticism. They got guys that can rush the pass. They got guys that can cover in the back end, and they're not playing slow because they're not weighted down by a lot of thinking. So it, it's a simple scheme. It's that same legion of boom type of type of deal that he had, you know, in Seattle. It's not real complicated. How about him going to Atlanta? Mm-hmm. not going well. Yeah. After leaving the Legion of Boom, being a hero, then going to Dallas. Becoming Florida, Dan, yep. with a backwards cap, oh, just yeah. defense coordinator, standing in there. And it was almost immediately the Diggs phenomenon started. Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. Where he was just having more interceptions than any human. And it was like, Legion of Boom, this Legion of Boom. Then they add Micah Parsons Correct, into the entire equation. And Dan Quinn could have left to go do some head coaching opportunities. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He has chosen to stay there. I think it's because he knows there's something special. Number one in all those categories over that span. Crazy. That's a hell of a stat to have in your back pocket as a defense coordinator. Yeah, for sure. Because like you said, I'm pretty sure he turned down multiple head coaching interviews. And then Jerry, you know, on, give him credit. He made him the highest paid defensive coordinator in the league. So it's like, hey, with all these dudes, why wouldn't I stay here? And also, big Mike McCarthy might not, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Jerry's right. like, hey, right. don't they? Hey. Great Ta- speaker. Tough schedule, yeah. too. Yeah. Great speaker. And, and, we'll get into that. And he's smart because some of those jobs ain't ideal. Yeah. Because I can wait around and say, look, I'm sitting here with this defense. Mm-hmm. And they're going to pay me this amount of money. And I don't have to 
do all the jobs that Mike McCarthy has to do. I can just be the DC and put my hat on backwards and let's hunt. Life is a lot better. Life is yeah. really, really good. So here's yeah, a stat for tonight for you, AJ Hawk. The Eagles went one for ten on third and medium slash third and long last weekend against the Patriots. Third down, money down. Is that Bill Belichick or is that Eagles offense are we worried about? A little bit of both. Obviously, it usually is, but I think uh, that I'm not worried about that. It means they're due. They, they had to work on their third down situations leading into this game, even though it didn't have much time. Yeah, Lombo, too, mentioned about how the D-line for the New England Patriots was able to get to Hurts. Damn, very consistently, every drive at least. So you assume Kelsey and the boys might have gotten a little extra. Hey, you guys better pick it the fuck up this week because last week was not great. Here's an AFC North stat. Um, in week one, the Bengals ranked 31st out of 32 in pass <laughs> protection and 32nd out of 32 in run blocking. Ooh. They looked abysmal. So, Somehow worse than the Giants. Yeah. Well, yeah. They also couldn't run the ball last year either. That's starting to be cut. I mean, it didn't obviously it didn't affect them. But in, no, I, mean, I thought I seen, in my head, i just seen Mixon run down the right sideline. I think they were yeah. like 28th, 29th, something like that. He had a couple good games. They they just got rid of L. Collins, kind of yeah. out of nowhere, too. He was on pup, and then they were just like, you know what, screw it, and they got rid of him. Burrow was 0 for 7 targeting T. Higgins in week one. Yeah. Now they, That'll change. He tried, though. There was a couple times where the ball was literally in the in the palm of his hand, somebody made a big-time play. I think that's Barry Ball game. It sounds like with what we're reading here, yeah. Cincinnati Bengals burying the ball. That's a Barry the Ball game. Yeah, it really feels like it, doesn't it? Is it? So the Giants buried the ball. Yep. Yep. The Bengals buried the ball. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Pittsburgh Steelers buried the ball. Right. Yep. Uh-huh. TJ oh, Watt was not invited to the presentation. Okay. Because he had three sacks, <laughs> yeah. two right. forced fumbles. Yeah. Smart. So, so you keep the game ball, actually. Mm-hmm. Yep. But we're going to bury this other one. Seahawks? There were some teams. Seahawks? Is week one bury the ball, and then, like, if it keeps going on week three, week four, players only meeting? Uh, so speaking of players only meeting, go. did you hear? What do you mean? What? Yeah. The great call. How do you it's feel about coming. players only meeting? They work. Okay. Chuck. That's how he feels. Make sure you tell all the coaches about it, too. Yeah, hey, just want to know, I'm calling a players-only meeting. <laughs> Is that how it goes normally? People come up to you and say that? Yeah, yeah. What's for okay. Chuck? What's yeah, what on? do you say? Get her fixed. That's good. You guys, yeah. <laughs> Hope it works. Oh, because I guess <laughs> okay. I guess it does say the coaches are we don't fucking need you. Yeah. You got an yeah. issue, right? You now. guys stay out of the meeting, yeah. please. No, like we got all this yep. trust. We're a family. We're a unit. We're this, that, that. But hey, look, we don't need you guys in here today. Just <laughs> we got to get some shit. Right. So how do you find out what was said in there? So to be, you know, you guys mic it up. To be That's what they do. Yeah. Hey, they got, like so we got cameras in there. So huh? We got some old guys like yourself and OG that you know and you trust. But I didn't talk in this. You know, so Corey Redding or whatever. They cut. Hey, thought you did. We need to address about Chuck. And here's here's what it is. Here's what the message is going to be. But no, nobody, no, there's not one coach on the planet. That says, oh, yeah, God, I'd love a players only. God, if you guys can get, I can't get this shit figured out. If you guys, <laughs> so, if you guys can get it figured out, fucking meet all day. <laughs> yeah. uh, you got them. We so don't you, even have to practice. So today. you guys got it mic'd up in there, though? Are you listening on the other <laughs> oh, side? Yeah. What do you guys got People. going on in there? What are you doing while the players only meetings happen? That's real. Are you guys all meeting in one office? Yeah. Saying these sons of bitches, they don't yeah. understand. Oh, all, good. We have coaches we're all, meeting. We're all packing our offices because that's usually the fucking beginning of the game. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as that happens, yep. that ship has sailed. Yep. Guys are on the phone. Hey, teen, I got some good news, some bad news. We got a player-only meeting going on. and yeah. yeah, probably put the house up. Yeah. <laughs> Start fucking shit up. Um, Want your coaching buddies for a gig. Bruce just sent it to me to remind me. We saw it earlier. Um Quinn Ewers called an opposite 
players-only meeting to say, hey, let's not let down after that huge win this week. So. Yeah, it was a good players-only yeah, meeting. That sounds yeah. – Ask Sarkeesian if he could call the meeting, and then he goes in there and says, listen, just had a massive win. That's the first of many. That's good leadership. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good leadership. Yeah. That's what you want to hear. Also, want the public to know immediately upon that <laughs> happening. Yeah. Yep. Especially if I'm Quinn Ewers' team, who probably were the ones that leaked this information. Sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Because Quinn Ewers is now in a conversation for being quarterback three Correct. behind Caleb Williams and Drake oh. May. All of a sudden, everybody. What? what? Chuck. Jeez Louise. What the hell's going on? I love the hell. That could come true. What's this all about? You don't like the reverse? Because he's not Italian? What? Just, is that the problem? <laughs> is that why? Because it's not Ewersini? You ain't got to watch your mouth. Just keep playing. You guy's a good player. You ain't got to do that. He's a leader. Yeah. He's showcasing his leadership ability. Doesn't eat Chick-fil-A anymore. Bingo. Cut his hair. That's the head coach's deal. Just what, you know, Saban was saying earlier. Like, success is way harder to handle than failure. We all know that, right? Because you get complacent. You start hearing all the noise, which is, you know, not all true. So the head coach comes in and, you know, he's going to create an issue. He's going to create a fire. He's going to, you know. You're going to say what you were going to de-recruit? You know, you're, you're, I de-recruit hate how much team. you hate these yeah, players. Yeah, what, what the, the hell? hell? I want to let you know, though, you're no, talking to, to me, two players. Possible. To me, this is the thing, okay? Oh, yes. We're in a team meeting. Okay. Sark comes in, goes space. through the whole deal, right? Okay. And then a the guy raises his hand. Hey, coach. Can I speak? Can I say something? Everybody's in there. We don't need it. And then when, that, when he does it like that... In front of all those dudes, you're like, okay, this guy's this guy's really matured. This guy oh. was that every meeting you said that you said anybody got anything? I think you said right. One other thing, always ask. It was nobody yeah. ever said yes. Uh. Those people <laughs> need, need know that they need not talk. Mm-hmm. But you're saying if you want to call a players only meeting, why not do it in front of the coaches as well? And I want to let you know, it sounds like you hate players only meetings. You don't hate them as bad as me and AJ. <laughs> yeah. me and AJ, we're not the only ones either. Buddy. Well, you guys have talked ad nauseum about them, like. Usually the guys that are calling them, they can't speak. And the more they speak, the worse it gets. Yes. And you guys are just like, okay, time out. Clap them off. Like if it was going to be, okay, look, we're not doing A, B, C, and D. And if we don't start doing A, B, and C, and D, we're all the frick out of here. The coaches are going to get – we're all going to get let go too. So I love a nice speech done. like that. It never happens done. like that because all you need is one person to talk about where they came from <laughs> – and what they've been through mm-hmm. and why everybody else needs to start trying harder and locking in because of that. So then one person goes, that ain't nothing. And then they go up and they go, now they're out dogging the yep. previous person. Mm-hmm. And they're now saying also everybody needs to buy in. Then there's somebody who's sitting in the back of both these stories and said, that ain't shit. I can top that one. <laughs> Boom. They go up there now. So now we're all basically as a team judging like, Man, your life certainly has sucked. But wait, there's more. This guy, <laughs> his life has sucked even more. And then that's what it turns into, AJ, literally every single time. You just described it. You described it to a T, usually what happens in those players-only meetings. And a lot, sometimes the players-only meeting can start to go negative as well because, like you said, got, can t- people want to continue to get up and speak, and then finally an old vet's like, all right, this is done. We're out of here. we got to go. This is stupid. And the person that gets booed off the stage is they're now leaving that – meeting in a worse spot than they were. <laughs> yeah. So they they now hate their teammates more than they did beforehand. Mm-hmm. And if they thought they could speak in that meeting, they have to have at least a little bit of a role on the team. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've ever seen one work. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But I'm sure there was a Tim Tebow moment where oh. he did this. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And they went on to win national championship. Mm -hmm. And he got a statue in front of Florida. Yep. But those things seem to work a lot more in movies than in real life. I do like Quinn Ewers, though, telling the boys, we haven't earned shit. I don't think it needs to be in the team meeting room, though. Mm. You can go do that in the cafeteria. Yeah. Anyway. You know what I mean? Like, that can happen. Or just pre-practice pre huddle. Hey, get the offense together. Get everybody. Hey, guys, come here. and Talk to him for 25 seconds. Or at the end of practice, right? Call him up. Yeah. yeah. That's a whole. That's a moment for some guys to give motivational speeches. Nice. Those were always a good time. Jamal Williams yeah. last year. Yeah. Hard knocks. Yeah. Those. Yeah. Oh yeah. Day, day one. Two yeah. Day two. Oh yeah. Just love that one. Chuck, yeah, Chuck, All of us had heartbeat. some questions about day two giving a speech about people dying already. Yeah. Uh -huh. We don't need this like two weeks from now. A little bit early, but here's he's still a, a lion. No, no, Saint, no, Saint yeah. now. He scored 100 touchdowns. What's oh, your problem? Yeah. Why are you talking <laughs> shit? What the hell? You <laughs> think he, yeah. he thinks that they cut him because he gave that speech on day two of training camp. No. Yeah. no. That's what he touchdowns. Chuck, what's your deal? I like what Chuck's bringing today. Yeah, Ch Chuck, a lot of heat there. Guy had scored a touchdown every single game. Yeah. The brand new Lions. Maybe they just got a little tired. Good <laughs> job. Yeah. Just keep, just keep toting the meal and get in the end zone and let it go. Montgomery was an upgrade. Oh, they didn't get tired. There's Chuck's got to get another gig. Chuck, yeah, we love what you're doing right now. I don't think you want to coach, though. Do you still want to coach? You? Mm. Wow. Does that mean this has not been a good? No. No. No, it would be better. No. Hey, you can do person. both. Yeah. What did yeah. you say? You can earlier? do both. <laughs> we thought the internet, the fiber, he's yeah. blaming yeah. me for sabotage. Yeah. Yeah. Watch out. They're going to blame you for peeing all over the floor, too, Chuck. So. Now, yeah. we know that was one game. Obviously, I'm glad the cake mm -hmm. ain't here. You know, with something to take out of that guy. Yeah. Oh. Well, there's missing Gabagool. We know. Your meat. It. Not with the cake. I don't think we have to worry. What's your problem? No, no, he's Italian, remember? So Gabagool, it's like the Italian guy took it. Oh, yeah. Well, we got a couple of them. Yeah. No, that's yeah. fair. Him, him. Yep. Nick, probably the guy taking the Gabagool right now, if you're seeing the way he is eating. I'm Italian it's now, too. Foxy one. Shut up. I am. I did do bit. the ancestry. I got a little Italian in me no, as well. No, you did not. Yes, I did. No, you did not. I did. I did. So that's fine, and I can oh, say those words now. What percentage? Uh, like .03. That's uh, more than me. Yeah. No, no. It's Good a pretty enough. big Percentage. I'm still waiting on Tony to buy me my horn, but we'll get there someday. <laughs> hey, the way that you've talked about my people. Our people. <laughs> Jeez Louise. <laughs> oh, just kicked me people. out. How was Italy, Foxy? Did you feel like a real paisan over there? Yeah, it was amazing. I loved every single second of it. So much history, so much culture. It was great. Would you go back? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I actually would. Would you live there? Uh, no, I definitely would not live yeah, there. Whoa! Whoa! I would not what do you have against them? He well, said it smells like shit. No, it doesn't <laughs> that, smell. That's what Let's, he said. I just feel like they're not quite up to our times that's with technology Europe. and Europe. whatnot. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Shout could, out Mussolini. And never come back. <laughs> Easy. Really? Easy. No problems. No problems. See you later. Isn't there like a, there's an afternoon nap, I assume? Is that what's like most European places? Well, siesta. And it, I said, how much uh, cost of living for a year? What would a guy need? Uh, 50,000 50, euro. 50,000? I said, what? I can live on 50,000 a year? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. easy. So like a go, king. So you going or what? <laughs> Is there any casinos over there? You oh. gamble? I know that's a big part of it. Huge. Yeah, like, I'd be great. If there's no casinos, I'm absolutely going alone. What's your game? Staying in the States. Blackjack you guys play? Slots. Slots. I used to play cards. I like the slots now. Goodness, hmm. when you look at the numbers, Vegas make no money. Use some plug and hope you hit a... Yeah. You're an old. That's what olds do. Yeah. yeah. Olds play the slots. Can't wait to roll it up <laughs> yeah. that one. 
People win some money off that, though. Nick's dad. Oh, yeah. Nick's dad wins on those slots all the time. What are we doing? Hey. Oh, yeah. We're not talking about it. Someone won. Frank Moraldo. <laughs> Big Frank Moraldo. When he comes into your casino, your slot machines are about to get real loose. That's what I've learned from watching along. And he will travel. This guy's traveling. Yeah, get a free room ready. Yeah, that's Frank's right. staying the night. Frank's Boom. coming to hit the jackpot. <laughs> you got no shot with it. So you would live over there. Tony, would you live over there? Uh, no. Jesus Christ. Uh, no, I, why Why would you? America, aside from... Look how beautiful this place is. Yeah. It's incredible. It's awesome. But like Fox said, Europe's a little behind technology. Uh, it's way behind. All right. What have we not covered that we need to cover on this beautiful day before we make our picks for this evening? I think big news out of... The NFL, no, I don't even know. Tot- really? Tottenham and the NFL have expanded their partnership sure. through 2029, huh? Mm-hmm. Two games per season. At least. Congratulations to Tottenham getting a pop because we always talk about, oh, England, England, England's getting a game. Tottenham's like, whoa, 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 excuse me. We've been a massive home for the NFL's expansion into Europe. Congrats to them. Congrats to the NFL continuing to try to build this thing globally. If you take this into account, plus the information that there will be one international player designation for a practice squad, on every NFL team that will not count against the actual practice squad number. They're really trying to grow this thing international. I know you got friends that are in uh, New York at the NFL offices. Is this main objective right now is to get this thing into Europe bigger and then continue global expansion? Absolutely. What was that? The dollars keep coming in? Absolutely. Euros. Why wouldn't you? Oh, that's what that was. You said this. You said it's money? Yeah. That was good for the game. Good for the game. They're going to keep showing up. We're going to keep growing. When they stop showing up, then I think that'll be the end of it. But it's unbelievable over there. Their fan base is so rabid. They, oh, yeah. How many million were in line to try to get tickets uh, to one game that had yeah. 65,000 tickets? I don't even know how it's possible. feels like there's probably a lot of bots trying to take advantage of the situation there that are running up those numbers. Yeah, for sure. But nonetheless, it sells out. That Germany feels like they're an even bigger fan base mm-hmm. than England. And oh, it's yeah. just kind of getting started over there. Yeah, because the whole thing with the England games was, hey, you know, England loves football, blah, blah, blah. But then we come to find out that it's the Germans that are going to England yeah. to watch those games with the Hotspur Stadium, too. Same exact design, I believe, as the Real Madrid Stadium, where they have the layers of the field underneath the actual field. So that would be sweet, too, if they adapt that over here. Bruce just said 1.4 million for what, pal? People waiting for tickets. 1.4 million people waiting for the tickets. That was a correction. Yeah, that's a lot. Who knows how many bots those are? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And how about the players? Still still a lot of people, I'm sure. Did you talk about the player they're going to add to the practice squad? Yeah, the international ad. Yeah. yeah, that's a huge deal. So, yeah, so if they get on and they develop them and they make a 53, that's going to, you know. We're assuming a lot coming out of Germany, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's where they have kind of created some real football players over there, AJ. I mean, that is, I, mean, I, f- yeah. I feel like they got the size too, right? Not saying that some cultures are smaller yeah, than yeah, others, yeah. but but some cultures yeah. seem to be smaller than others. The Germans are a large group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Offensive linemen, defensive linemen, linebackers. Fullback. They love Are they playing sport. football over there? Like, are, do they have like elementary, middle school, high school football over there? Yeah, so they have leagues that I think, um, that football bromance show is a big part of, like, I think cultivating and, and kind Bjorn? of bring it. Yeah. Bjorn yeah. and, uh, is it, is it, uh, Volmer, Sebastian Volmer? I don't know if he's a part of it or not. I'm okay. not sure. But yes, I think they have full youth all the way through. I think there's numerous countries that have that, but I think the Germans are the most, like, uh, adamant about it. I think, I think Germany is going to be 
a huge piece yeah. to the NFL growth yeah. puzzle. And then you start thinking about a team being over there. It's like, are they going to put a team in Germany now? Will they have an entire division mm-hmm. in near Germany? They're going to try to do it all. They're going to yeah. try to do it all. We have unbelievable product here in the NFL and what they're doing. They're going to try to put it wherever mm-hmm. they possibly can. Who was that calling the game for Ross Tucker? Ross yes. Tucker yes. was like, there's actually people out there that think soccer is a better sport (laughs) than football. Mm -hmm. He was like talking about the global experience. All we got to do is get these people just to see the game and understand the game, and they'll be flipped easily is what Ross Tucker was saying. I'm not necessarily agreeing with that because soccer is like in the blood of the towns and your family, and the passion behind it is going to be something that's going to be irreplaceable by other sports to come in there. But we do have a product that will be beloved by everybody if they see it. It's fast. It's exciting. It's engaging. smashing hits there's so much that takes place in a football game the only thing we got to sell them on is the 35 seconds in between each play right uh-huh. where you kind of just got to chill and maybe not start a chant yet but let's get back mm-hmm. in there. their fans are going to be mm-hmm. awesome talk yeah. to you whenever they get a team to cheer for over there i think it just takes a little taste too because you're seeing like a lot of these people i assume not all of them are like diehard football or nfl fans but they're intrigued by the proposition of the whole thing and Smart on the NFL, too, by not doing what they used to do when the London games first started. Like, all right, let's send the two shittiest teams over there and kind of just, like, that'll be nice. Like, this year, the Chiefs and the Finns are playing over there. Like, that's going to be an incredibly exciting game and probably pretty easy. If you're not that invested, you watch that game. It's like, oh, shit, this is pretty awesome. Yeah, I I think our sport and football should be proud. It should be. You know, you go all the way back to the first game that took place in first ever football game. Rutgers? Boom. I was there. It's on a thing. Nice. It's on a thing at Rutgers over there. You go all the way back to then to now with what's going on. Roger Goodell has done an incredible job during yeah. his tenure to go to this game. Unreal. You know, congrats to the commission. Congrats, Rog. And congrats to football. Don't be scared to come on the show, Rog. Come yeah. on, Rog. Just, just would you? Rog, don't be scared. What are we? We're just a bunch of doofuses. Right, AJ? Right, yeah. Why don't we just openly pander to Raj right here and tell him how great of a job he's been doing to try to get him on. Raj, you've been doing a good job. Yeah, above he that. has done a great job. You're right. He grows, like, he's done a phenomenal job. He, he really has. I agree. I think he's handsome, too. He looks younger than he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Super handsome. He, he's, he's aging in reverse. He's he looks younger now than he did 10 years ago. And he's also fit right yeah, now. He's, he's pretty jocked. I saw his lats. His lat spread was ridiculous. Yeah. So, he's a Peloton guy. Yes. Oh, his quads, AJ. Oh, this guy's quads. Huge. What's his username on there? What is his username? You guys did glasses ago? That's not. Lord of the League. Who's your favorite instructor? <laughs> don't know that. You don't know that? I don't know that. What are you doing on it? You're just riding the trails? You got, did you ask me what, who mine was? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yours. Uh, I mean, I don't want to name one person and then hurt their feet. Too good of a relationship. <laughs> I, used to, I, used to go, I used to go to the, the, uh, the main deal in New York City when I was working with the officials. Wow. I would oh, so take, a, like class. In the I would take a 6 a.m. class on Tuesday morning and Wednesday morning. One was with Robin Arzon, and then the other was with Allie Love. Allie Love? That so That's fun. stage name? Peloton name? Or Allie Love. Allie's stage love. name. That's and she, a you would stage love her name. because you're all about, hey, the vibe, upbeat, positive. 6 a.m., yeah, it's going to happen. Yeah. 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 No, no, not that, but just, no, just her, yeah. whole, her whole. That's what you guys do, right? Oh, yeah, up out of the seat, baby. Over and over. Right here, right? <laughs> you know, do you do the one where you get out and lift weights? Do you get off the bike and lift weights in between reps? I don't I do not do that stuff, though. Okay. Intervals and all I know there's stuff. a bunch of different no, Peloton. No, they have all, they do boxing. Kendall Tool likes to box. Whoa. Nice. <laughs> am I getting Yo, back on the bike or am I just boxing? No, you're on the bike. And then you get off. And then you stop, 
and they have like weights that. like yep. AJ's talking. You do some weights. You do the mm. curls, you do triceps, this, oh, yeah. boom. Oh, yeah. Right? Tricep. And then they'll get back and ride again. <laughs> clack, clack. Intervals and weights. And then sometimes Three. she just did the boxing stuff in between. Oh, 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 oh. Look at this guy. Chuck Pacquiao. Jesus. Whoa. <laughs> Slow down. I'll give you one of those cyclone heart shots. Right? Oh, oh, liver. Like that. Mm-hmm. How's that feel? I'll tell you what, the Italians have a great history in boxing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they great do. Great history in boxing, mm. the Italians. A couple great ones great, from Boston. Great movies. Great movies mm-hmm. in that entire thing. Raging Just Bowl. Sims. Have you guys seen Raging Bowl? Yeah. yeah with Bobby De Raging Bowl. Yeah. Oh, I've definitely on. seen that. Rocky Marciano. Yeah, yeah, I've seen Raging Bull. Cinderella Man. Cinderella Man. Why do you, why do you, kid, why do you, why do you do this? What? Why do you do this? What? Oh, uh, for milk. Oh, for, you know, boxing and Remember stuff. Remember the movie Cinderella Man? I'm going to let you know. <laughs> <laughs> you have I, seen I don't want to be the bear. I, saw it. I was happy you were having a conversation with a lot yeah. of other people there because I've never seen any of these mm-hmm. movies. Yeah. You've Brad. seen them, though, Pat. It's just a rags to riches story, and the guy wins at the end. That's boxing. every boxing movie yeah. ever. Yeah, it's boxing. Uh, Raging well, Bull's not like that, though. Yeah. That is a. Uh, Quite the downer. Oh, Quite he loses downer. at the end. Doesn't exactly lose. It's just he's kind of a massive piece of shit his entire life. And Joe Pesci and Bob De Niro. There's a big, uh, did you fuck my wife? You know, like, you've heard <laughs> the clip. My wife? Sure. It's a great heard clip. clip from it. But it's, yeah, it's a, it's a slog getting through that one. Yeah. You did. You enjoyed boxing references, though, in your team meetings. You did a lot of, we're sparring, we're sparring, we're sparring. And mm-hmm. then somebody's going to come with an overhand right. And we don't know when that play's coming, but we got to be ready for it. I appreciated how much you brought in boxing. Uh, Mark, uh, Matt Canada is speaking to the media here. And Mark Caboli is reporting that Matt Canada is speaking with some bass in his voice. Ooh, He's very confident and matter-of-fact with his answers. Basically said that they weren't good enough. Now, that's good news. Look, he's taking ownership. Boom. Matt Canada realizes that their offense has not been good enough. Thank you for the reporting, Mark Caboli. Now we get a diehard Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Tone Diggs, does this kind of cure your ails or your ill feelings about Matt Canada and the Pittsburgh Steelers offense? It doesn't. It doesn't, doesn't even come close. The only thing that will cure it is maybe a new offensive coordinator or in the off chance, the very, very slim chance that the – Offense looks better under him. Um, there was some more stats coming out last night uh, about his rankings through the college. Uh, and so, yep, there it is right there. That was awesome. Pretty good. Um, bring in, I said it yesterday, bring in Big Ben. And if Big Ben's busy right now and doesn't want to be the OC, bring back Todd Haley because the offense was unbelievable under Todd Haley. Yeah, things, I don't know what happened in the end. It probably wasn't great, but bring Todd back. One of the, Ben or Todd, they're going to fit, they're going to, they're going to figure it out. Yeah. Todd Haley's currently in the USFL, remember? That's right. Okay. Yep. Well, bring him back. He's coaching the Baton Rouge Bulls. Well, mm-hmm. he can come back. I'm thinking, I don't think what he's, he's making, on a contract. Yeah. I think what he's making, I think he can get out. No. I don't no, think so. No, we asked him. He can yeah. get out, right? It's a good league. Too. Hey, you know, you know those Todd Haley offenses were tough. Ben yeah, threw but, for 500 yards against Colts every time. So what's, Oh, the, Colts, oh. the Colts were terrible <laughs> okay. then. No, you got to bring we that were up. Good. We had a good team. It oh. was 522. <laughs> they were real good that hey, night. Ben Roethlisberger was putting it on a button the entire evening. It was warm-ups. We haven't even kicked off yet that day. It was warm-ups. And I got a buddy that's a Yenzer from Pittsburgh, Elko. He comes up to me. He goes, you see that team? I said, yeah, I see that team. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go ahead home and watch this from the house. That's very nice. Martavis. Martavis Bryant was on that team. Beast. Antonio Brown was on that team. Yeah. Was it Le'Veon Bell was on that team. Was Sanders still there? Ben Roethlisberger was the quarterback of that team. They were just so big. So good. For the defense, too. They had a highlight after highlight after highlight. 
after highlight night, numerous nights. That was what it was. Yeah, I'm surprised I got a ride home after well, they, that. They took a punt. Yeah, on the on the tarmac, they, they took a punt back on us. One of the nights, I mean, that they beat us in the fourth quarter. They were up twenty. Still had Antonio Brown in Jeez. at punt return. I'm like, what is the deal of it? Why are they doing? What did we do to them? What did we do to Mike Tomlin? What's that guy's? Problem? I was always kind to him. At the Me too. <laughs> I, mean, I never had an ill will. I love him. Me too. I could listen to him all day and night. Those were always on primetime, too. Those were yeah. big, Sunday tough night, nights. Thanksgiving and another yeah. Sunday night and another one. And You were the only bright spot in that Thanksgiving game. Yeah, and then I got fined. What? Yeah. For, for what? Well, I posted a picture from the equipment room. Oh. Blurred out everything behind it. Basically called my shot for everything that's happening right now. Mm-hmm. It's during time down Thanksgiving week. And then I uh, gave a competitive advantage to the New York Jets who were playing against us the next week <laughs> after the Pittsburgh Steelers team. Got a fine. That was the beginning of the end for me playing football in the NFL. That particular <laughs> fine, that particular weekend. <laughs> Chuck got a fuck you too to Chuck and you And he was like, whoa, 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 whoa. That was awesome. I was on a tear through what that. What happened? <laughs> yeah, I was not happy about that. That was a lot of money, bro. You guys were finding me a lot of money for stuff that I just didn't think was that big of a deal. They saw the flavor Gatorade we're drinking. All right. You're sure. right. What That's, are we going to do now? Well, it's not even that. I Whose blur- name was on those? I bl- yours. Your name was on the fine. I remember. How about that? Clear as day. Nice job, Chuck. Once, that what did you do with that money, Chuck? When you're the head coach and someone comes to you and says bought a bike we're doing this okay and you need to sign this and then hand it to him yeah well it was great it oh was God. i'll tell you what this I, is what head coaching's about okay i want to do this job. <laughs> I, I read awesome. i read through it i read through it and i see your name at the bottom i'm just like all right okay, okay. where's his office <laughs> yeah it's in a bag is that you believe this this is your this is your your Fucking name is right here. What is this entire? And I was gonna, I was gonna retire that day. I was gonna retire that wait, day. Wait, wait. That's the picture you, you posted where you're. It was your Twitter picture for a long time. Is yeah. that one? Yeah, that one. Yeah. So there's like, no other players. Like I thought you got in trouble for posting a picture of someone's dong or something in the background. <laughs> no, uh, no, that did happen before though, certainly. But it wasn't his dong. It was just his right Andrew. cheek. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was it was his head. Just right butt cheek there. That you was guys start- have some weird team rules. Like, hey, no pictures anywhere. So football room was the uh, description in the contract, and I, there was a verbal joust for that because it was equipment room. Clearly, that's the title of it. Yeah, you're on top of the equipment. Deal yeah, right here. Yeah, blurred oh, yeah, everything out one. too. I had to do uh, uh, FaceTune. Oh yeah, whatever yeah. the app is. Yeah, uh-huh. blurred everything out too. You know what I mean? Just what a moment there. And and what the, was this represent? What was this? So that's me, obviously, with a microphone yeah. cutting a promo for the WWE, waiting on uh, them to call me to go to NXT, pretty much. Yeah. And then, obviously, we all know what would happen mm-hmm. shortly mm-hmm. thereafter, retirement. I would literally go right to NXT. That was pretty much the scene on every Wednesday night on USA Network. Yep. And then end up at WrestleMania. So, yeah, I mean, it was just one of those moments that you got to remember for the rest of your life is, mm-hmm. like, the determining factor of why you finally just go, yeah, fuck this guy. I'm, <laughs> I am not doing this anymore. Happy it's all worked out. But those are the things that head coaches have to do. That is no fun That's right. at all for you. But we appreciate you doing it, Chuck. Yeah, boy, Chuck. Chuck. We also appreciate you traveling out here every single week, every single Thursday. You're the man. Hopefully we'll continue to dive in and get more insights. I think now is the time that we need to remind the world that SeatGeek is the greatest ticket-buying platform on planet Earth and the moon. What is it for 15% off? It is code PAT15, 15% off all football tickets. That's NFL or college football. It doesn't matter if you've already bought them or not. So SeatGeek is obviously the greatest ticket-buying platform in our eyes because they scan the entire internet and make sure you're not getting catfish and also make sure you're not getting screwed over AJ. That's right. Okay. That's right. So they have uh, some sort of 
Well, AI. Oh, yeah, well, I know. I know. Chance. Oh, sure you guys not worried about it? Well, Elon was worried at one point, then he's not worried about it, and then his app went to shit. So, like, we don't know what we can believe. Why is that Eli? Sorry, Eli. Yesterday, you oh. guys talked to Eli about AI, what he's doing. Okay, Eli is using it for IBM for fantasy football. What SeatGeek right. uses their AI for is to scan the entire internet to make sure they tell you if you're getting screwed on the price. Mm-hmm. So, it'll be like a little red dot next to it, a yellow dot, or a green dot next to the ticket, which is basically saying red dot means, like, hey, this is a bad ticket, uh, bad price. But if you need it, you need it. Green, it's like, hey, this is a good price, good ticket. Mm-hmm. You should do this here. So they're looking out for you as people are maybe trying to get a little bit of an advantage on the secondary market. SeatGeek is your friend. SeatGeek is your pal. And SeatGeek will get you anywhere. Hell it will. Yeah. Go ahead and buy some football tickets for a family member, a friend. Right. We're right in the middle of the season. You're alive, but are you living? Go live and experience something live with our friends at SeatGeek. The greatest. All right, let's do some picks. Chuck, six and a half point spread this evening. Is it six or six and a half right now? Both. Okay, we'll so take six and a half. Get whatever you want. Yeah, six or six and a half, depending upon what your pick is. Injuries scattered throughout both teams in key positions. What are your thoughts? Who wins? Who covers? Yeah, I just think we talked about it earlier. Brian Flores going to pick up some things from the first game. He's a Belichick guy anyway, right? And he loves to bring pressure. You watch that first game. I mean, they're going to be coming from everywhere on this uh, on this offense. So, um He'll pick up some things. I like the points. I don't think I think they're going to keep it close. I don't think they can win in Philly tonight. But I, I like the points. I think the secondary. Kirk Cousins can play if he just doesn't throw the ball to the other team tonight and just takes care of the football. Justin Jefferson's going to go off. Um, yeah, I, I like Minnesota and, and the points. And all right, and, that's good for yeah. the show. Good for the program. Now let's bring up last week's uh, results for me and AJ before AJ makes a pick. I do believe we are in the same situation we were in last year. AJ Hawk is hot right now. Okay, okay he was ten and six. I won eight and eight. He won ten and six against the spread. This means we need to listen to what the president of Ohio is talking about. Chuck, I have faith that everything coming out of your mouth is accurate, and I have faith that your projections are impeccable. But what I do know is this guy's in the middle of calling some things, just like Lombardi. Yep. AJ, who do you like tonight? Vikings getting six and a half or the Eagles laying them? I like the Eagles laying six and a half here, and I'll, I'll take Eagles minus six and a half. I think they find a way to create at least a couple turnovers uh, from Kirk Cousins in this team. They're going to get some pressure on him, make him uncomfortable, maybe pick the ball off, maybe strip sack. We'll see. But I like Philly. Okay. So I am torn. Hmm. I said I was just going to do what you guys did. Sure. Just so that I don't give up a game here on Thursday for our overall standings. Because what do we know about the Philadelphia Eagles? Well, we know that they have the capability of being great. Oh, yeah. We know that in that roster is an incredible football team. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're not talking about just a team that's okay or just good. They made the fucking Super Bowl last year. Jalen Hurts won from, is this guy going to be a quarterback in the NFL to, oh, biggest contract for a quarterback in the NFL after one season. Sirianni's back calling plays after losing Shane Steichen. Defense coordinator Gannon out of town. Head coach in Arizona. He's doing good. Yeah. He's doing good. So there is a little bit of change, but the roster remains yep. as talented as it was last year when it was great. And on the flip side, it's like every team knows that Justin Jefferson's the weapon. He has over 100 yards in the first half yeah. last week. It's like, do you know Justin Jefferson's a game record? Yeah. Can you stop him? Uh-uh. No, you actually can't. Will the two injuries on the offensive line be the determining factor for the Minnesota Vikings? Chuck Pagano seems to think like, hey, 
Patriots were able to hold up against that Eagles defensive line. They had two rookies out there, yep. which is a very accurate sentiment. I appreciate the hell out of that. I think offense is obviously fantastic. I think what we're going to see out Justin Jefferson and Addison, there's going to be some highlight moments this evening. But defensive lines win championships. Mm-hmm. Give me the Philadelphia Eagles. Yep. Because their D-line wins this game tonight on a Thursday. Now, Chuck, welcome to the Thunderdome. We both disagree with you. <laughs> wow. But this is kind of lending itself to be a perfect opportunity for Chuck to say, mm-hmm. but what do I know? Yeah. Uh-huh. Bingo. So, Chuck, we appreciate the hell out of you. We hope what you say is right so you can rub this in our face next week. But if you're wrong, Chuck. Ooh, baby. Oh, oh, buddy. We're heading to Boulder tomorrow. Any tips or hints uh, before we head into your hometown? Yeah, go down, go to Pearl Street. Go down Pearl Street. Go Pearl Street. It's it's amazing. Go to Blast. All the college kids. I mean, it's it's awesome. It's electric. What about the There's local laws? There's a bunch laws? of people. I, I see the same dudes when I was growing up in the 60s there. They're still there. The hippies are still down there. Same dudes. Same guitar player. Same celloist. Chel- cello? I'm cello. cello. What? You, all kinds. I'm going to see a cello. All, all, all kinds of juggling. Yeah, I think all he, kinds of acts. What are you Jug- doing? Juggling. Chainsaws? Swallowing swords that are on really? fire. What? Oh, we're going no to way. Where the hell are we going? Red Panda. She may be there. No way. Oh, yeah. Okay. In uh, Boulder? Yeah. Slow down. Holy hell. Did you know about all this? No, and I know Red Panda's book this weekend. Red Panda's not just going to be rolling around Maybe. somewhere. I would like to say that when we get to Boulder tomorrow, I cannot wait to feel the vibes of a city that's alive more than it has been in a long, long time because their football team is taking over the world. I cannot wait to experience their local loss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cannot wait for that. And I cannot wait for us to chat with Dwayne The Rock Johnson live Whoa. in Boulder, Colorado. Shut up. Whoa. Stop it. What? Shut up. Yeah. Should be pretty good. Holy shit. Yeah, sure. Now, granted, what time is it going to be tomorrow? I don't think that's yeah. been completely locked in yet. But it is... Certainly going to happen is what I'm being told. So we got Deion Sanders, I think, tomorrow. I think Shiloh will probably stop by because today wasn't able to work out technical-wise. I think Stephen A. Smith is stopping by. I think Dwayne The Rock Johnson is stopping by. And if Shannon Sharp's going to be in town, we're certainly going to put on a full-court press to try to get Unk on the program as well. Yes, We'll be live hopefully in front of 15 to 20 people. Tomorrow should be a good one. Hell yeah. yeah. Tomorrow should be a good one in Boulder, Colorado. Come join us You know, if you're in the area. Come join us. It should be an absolute blast. AJ, I cannot wait for you to potentially, well, I guess you're not going to do it this time. Depending upon who our last guest is, Basketball Hoop will be there. A tuition shot will still be on the day. So there's a chance for some real magic in your hometown tomorrow. And I don't know if we're going to see jugglers and sword swallowers, but I do think there's going to be some real majestic television and good YouTube content tomorrow. Yeah, basketball hoop being back. That, that is electric. The atmosphere when that was going on was unbelievable. Yeah. And I think we're going to be able to technically do things. I mean, who knows? Let's hope. Maybe. Fingers crossed. Have we dropped off since we've just been on YouTube? We have not. Hmm. Well, well. Huh. Who's getting throttled? Something's afoot. Something is afoot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is this an inside job? That was a hell of a shot, AJ, you made. Are you trying to change the subject, Chuck? Chuck, I understand that. Chuck, we're trying to find out who's trying to (laughs) to take us down right now. Trying to change the subject. That's what we're trying to figure out right now. What was that?
Maybe it's Kadarius Tony. Was that the guy that posted an Instagram story to call me a goofy? I don't know. I was wondering I, I the same thing. Yeah. So I don't know anything. I, I don't know who talk. that is. Who's KT4? KT4. Pat McAfee know. be talking like he really knows shit. You just know a goofy. Chill. <laughs> who said that? Reese Matthews. I guess another goofy is pretty good. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Hell that. yeah, dude. Good luck out there. <laughs> yeah. That's from Tony? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I thought you said some nice things about it. I thought we did, did too. Just we did. We've been gassing him up all week, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, but I appreciate it. I don't know shit because I haven't seen that dude's back. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So maybe I don't. Maybe I don't. I will say. Can we say a good thing? Kadarius Tony, keep it going. Yes. Yep. Well, I'm happy you're back on social media, pal. You are a lightning rod. Love what you're about. Oh. oh. This oh. That bounce. For vibes in the boulder. Oh, no. Good ball, though. All right, if this one goes in, tomorrow's show is going to be, like, technical-wise, good. Okay, okay. this is big. Right, perfect. Lock Sweet. in here. I, uh, I, listen, I'm... Lock in. Yeah, yeah. I'm currently... Yeah. We're not just hucking this thing. No, 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 no. Because no, 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 no. this is a universe shot. This one will say, yeah, you're going to be able to talk to the truck who's 200 yards away. Sure. Right. You're going to be able to have some, uh, some, hey, yeah... Can we change this That'd be great. in the middle of it? Because you guys aren't out here. We are going to have a chance to play. Listen to this. Maybe like our intro video. No. Stop Please. that. No. Stop yeah. that. Please. Stop that. We'll be able to do it. We're going to be able to potentially control the sound of the crowd. Really? Who's drowning out whoever our guests yeah. potentially. Yeah. Uh, and dropping F-bombs. Nice. Yeah. Wow. Boom. So whenever they're yeah, on ESPN, which was awesome, we're going to potentially be able to turn it down as they're singing Dan Orlovsky off. Not completely. <laughs> no, 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 no. But, no, no, no. But also, you can't be actually talking over like that blonde lady was, Dave Chappelle. Sure. Crowd can't be talking over Dan Orlovsky right. the entire time. Got to be able to manage that just a little bit. For the sake of people that are watching at home. And I think we got that all figured out, they said. Nice. Let's go. Okay. Will the signal be able to go? We find out. Yep. Right now. Ball's a little flat. For the good of the This is the one. This is the one. Whoa. Little trivia. Okay. Byron Wizard White. Mm-hmm. Okay. One of the great mm-hmm. Buffaloes of all time. Mm-hmm. Supreme Court Justice. Okay. okay. Sat on this. Uh, Chuck, we're trying to make a basket right now. I thought he played oh, just, like you're going to Boulder, so they're going to ask you. I thought you, you were going to give me a motivational speech. Yeah, yeah I, me I too. Coach, I thought you were going to put me through a wall. Eric the enemy, too. Yeah. Do it for the Wiz. I will do it for the Supreme Court Justice. Yeah. That's right. Who I'm sure has made decisions that made everybody happy. Yeah, oh, definitely yeah. a yep. good person. Definitely. That's certainly so. Uh-huh. Great buff. Cliff Grant. Great buff. <laughs> Great buff. <laughs> the best. Hey, how come people are standing on the Colin Bryant. Oh, what a buff. The colonator? Yeah. You kidding me? Yeah. Like this one's for all of them and for us. That's right. Hell yeah. We're fucked. Oh, bonus ball, bonus ball, bonus bonus ball, bonus ball, bonus ball. Lava, lava. huge. Yes. Boom. Got up in the Oh, yeah. We're fucked. All right. So don't watch tomorrow. Big time guest. You won't be able to see it. That's tough, dude. If Dwayne's coming, you know you know the tech will work. Because you know what's better than tech? Mana. Boom. Oh, well said. I didn't even think about that. Well said. So yep. much mana yep. coming in there. We're going to have oosh juice too, right? We're drinking <laughs> yeah. sodas. Have to. Oh, oosh juice. Yeah. Maybe a couple Terrahanas. Terrahana working. He's going to. So we got, okay, so potentially, I don't want to, now that we're saying this, it's all going to fail. Sure. That's kind of how she. I don't think so. Deion Sanders. Wed. Stephen A. Wed. Shannon Sharp. Wed. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Wed. Holy, let's take it in. What boys. about Big Sam? Big Sam who? Pagano. 
I don't think he's going to make it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chuck, hold on. Let's let's skip with the Wiz. I don't now. know if we have time. <laughs> okay. Sam Pagano. I'll try. Who's that? Your, that's, that's my pops. All-time. Uh, maybe we'll make time. Three state yeah. championships in Colorado. Nice. Big sure. cigar guy, too, right? I remember him just with a cigar stand on the sideline. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah, he does a lot of that, He's right? a crooner, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. How old is he? 85. I don't know. Okay. We have a strict. Crushing it. 84 and younger. Yeah. yeah. On our show. Understood. Mm-hmm. A lot of ageism on this show today. Sorry, yeah, that's just how it works. You're old a lot. What's that all about? It's okay. You look good. You look young. Yeah, you got plenty. You got a bunch of years left. Tomorrow should be for you. Hopefully, Sam stops by. Yeah. How close is Boulder Small? <laughs> yeah, relatively. Because it's a drive from Denver, right? It's a pretty good drive. Like it's not 30 that class, close. 40 minutes. Yeah, 45. Yeah. Well, DIA to get to the city there, where the airport is. Where are you flying into? I have no idea. I'll figure it out. Probably You're private. Do. You're going private, right? Well, come on, Chuck. Yeah. Chuck, come on. Chuck, Chuck he, I mean, probably. Jeez, Chuck. We Good also chance. have a commercial option, though. Good we have a yeah. commercial option. Yep. It's okay. a long flight. So Very D- expensive. When's the last time you flew into DIA? Denver? Yeah. Uh, Remember how far that Colts. airport is? A lot of stuff happening over there. What, what AJ? Oh, yeah. What's going on? Con man always tells me about the Denver airport. Yes, Whatever's I do. Going on. Right, this one goes in. It's all true. Hey, the okay. toll road is, is easy from the airport to Boulder. Oh! Oh! oh. 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 Uh-oh. 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 That one was in the stars. Uh-oh. All right, everybody take it easy. Sam's coming on. If this one goes in, it's all true. Okay. okay. All right, okay. Good. All right, so we don't have to worry about anything. Yeah. All right, let's get the hell out of here. We'll see you all tomorrow live from Boulder. Be a friend. Tell a friend something nice. We'll react to this game tonight. I have the Eagles minus 6.5. AJ has the Eagles minus 6.5. Chuck Pagano has the Vikings plus 6.5, which I like. I'm a big fan of the Vikings. For whatever reason, though, it feels like what the Eagles have, the Vikings ain't going to be able to stop sure. tonight. Mm-hmm. It's Thursday Night Football. All hell could break loose. Can't wait to watch Herbie and Al will react to that and preview the weekend ahead. You all are the greatest people on earth, honestly. Genuinely appreciate you guys sticking with us. We had the internet drop out like seven times today. Yep. Sure. Okay, I don't know how this happens. I don't know how it happens. We're trying to fix it. It's disrespectful to you as a viewer. We apologize for that. I will let you know that we are literally attempting every single thing possible for it not to happen. Although I don't think... Everything that has been added on was certainly needed to potentially, and maybe they're eating each other potentially. You know, maybe there's a little bit of this because we had to do this. Yep. You know, maybe, but know that we are not happy about it. We do not appreciate it. It's the reason why we moved to this building is so that that type of shit didn't happen. Now that it's happening again, we apologize. We'll get to the bottom of it because we'll snoop around. Hell yeah. Yep. You're the greatest people on earth. We appreciate you. Have an incredible Thursday night. Be a friend. Tell a friend something nice. It might change your life. Goodbye.